to close the chapter on this beautiful Charlton Heston novel we've been reading. This yeah. has been a fucking great three weeks. Yeah. I, I'm, I apologize to all you people who hate 70s movies. I apologize to people who hate good movies because it has been a great month. I didn't real Like, these are right in my wheelhouse of sci-fi movies. Planet of the Apes, one of my favorite movies already. Omega Man, really enjoyed. We came out a little flat. We were tired. You can't yeah. expect us to... We didn't get to recharge our batteries when we did that one. Right. We had a quick turnaround because, oh, we got to mention, Griff, the reason why we had a quick turnaround, because you took a vac- family vacation. Uh, yeah, I took did. Took a trip to Wyoming to help your Aunt Harriet Hageman beat that fucking traitorous cunt, Liz Cheney. I did. She's such a traitor, Griff. She only votes 99% with the Republicans, but she doesn't love our <laughs> Lord Donald Trump. Kill her. This is why we're fucked. But yes, I did go out and help Aunt Hageman. uh, Harriet, yeah. Aunt Harriet. You're like Batman. You have your own Aunt Harriet. Yep, exactly. And I thought I was doing a piss poor job, but it turns out we have a lot of fans in Wyoming. We have fans everywhere. And so they were just like, Griff, what are you doing out here? Do you want to suck my toes? And I'm like, no. That, that, do you even listen to the show? I mean, you listen clearly listen to the show, but yeah. do you listen? Yeah. We're not into we don't, that. We don't want to. I mean. Yeah. We're not against yeah. it. We're yeah. just not into it. Right. Oh, so, so many fucking toes yeah. were waved at me. And apparently, that helped her get over the fucking hump. A, yeah, I hear there's a lot of foot fetishes in Wyoming. So my name recognition helped a fucking tool of our worst president of our modern era. Yeah. Who Of, of all eras, I would say. I think maybe of all eras, because yeah. not only did he commit war crimes, but he's also committed crimes against the country itself. Did and he also commit war crimes? Sh- Every president probably for the last five years commit war crimes. So, I mean, that that gets into the weeds there. And we don't want to go in the weeds. We're not that kind of podcast. No, we're not. Yeah, we're a shrimp. I mean, everybody's welcome a, to listen to our podcast. We're a, a sci fi podcast this month. Yeah. Well, we're a, well, it fits. We're a dystopian future podcast, which that, fits with yeah, Trump. No, that's what we are. A dystopian future <clears throat> sci fi. You know, I really wor- like how that worked out, though. Sci fi summer. We did. I think we did it last year. I think we did a sci-fi fantasy summer. Might have, maybe last year or the year before. I, I have people quoting us from two days ago, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What? What? Who said did that? Like, that, that sounds familiar. Who said that? <laughs> you said that. <laughs> this has also been text messages between Murray and me and Murray. Oh, where did you hear that one? You. <laughs> 
That is a good one. But see, that's the that's the thing. If I don't care about what comes out of my mouth on this show, neither should you. You should never get upset about anything said on this show because I forget it immediately, and so should you. All right. Um, we're trying to flippantly put together a whole fucking two-hour show. We're not trying to really bury people, except Robert Ginty. Fuck that guy. I got Fuck into a guy. whole Twitter thing about Ginty recently. I, yeah. Fucking Joe Corey, you motherfucker. He's talking about doing a fucking Ginty podcast. Like the Gintologist? Yeah. Joe Corey? No, our, our Gintologist is Phil. Yeah. He's trying first of all, yeah. I didn't even think about that. You first of all, you're horning in on Phil's thing. Yeah. Which by the way, shout out to Phil. He was feeling a little down in the dumps yesterday and he He's said feeling a little down. And he said, I'm gonna cheer myself up with some G and G. And I said, That's the best way to do it. Oh. But uh yeah. And I'm like, No, you're not gonna do that. And I said, don't, don't, and if you do, I'm not listening. I'm going to let you know it right ahead. I'm not listening. Not listening. I think what I should do, if any of our fans are feeling down, I think I should host like a 30-minute how to gamble seminar. <laughs> and they'll yes. get on a screen share with me, and I'll show them they'll see all how of how sad your life is, and they'll cheer them up. And I'll show them like some of my tactics and everything, and it'll be real good. I'll get them all fucking good and lathered up and just money because i just rein in the money when i gamble griff speaking of things that make me angry uh i was a little delayed today getting here because there's something called the woodward dream cruise we have here every august i'm interested if anybody has heard of this outside of detroit or michigan i i because this is actually one of the bigger things i've known about this from since my youth yeah it started in like the mid 90s it really did? Yeah. I thought it started before that. No, it didn't. It was like a mid-90s thing. How? How? Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, I hate it because, yeah, and this is blasphemy growing up in the Motor City. I don't give a shit about cars, first Mm-mm. of all, to begin with. They're just Mm-mm. a tool for me to get from A to B. Many a times, me and uh, our good friend Scratch have had a... Oh, I'm sorry. He's not our fucking friend. Yeah. Uh, we have had conversations about Detroit, and he... I, I'm a little too uh, pessimistic about it because Detroit made sure to make more and more and more room for cars because of Ford and everything instead of making our downtown like more walkable. Murray, you know all about me and walkable cities. Mm, yeah. And so I've we heard that story we before. pushed everything aside so we could fit more cars, and it fucking eats me up to this day. Well, I don't want to go on public transportation. Fuck that. But I just don't care about what kind of car I drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So the premise is, okay, Woodward Avenue is the main drag. It goes from where I live all the way down to Detroit. And so the thing is, people get out their classic cars and they go up and down Woodward Avenue for three fucking days. Probably more. It's well, like, yeah, they do it like a week ahead of time. You got people coming. Think out. about it. It's like the Fourth of July for these fucks, and it's like, oh, yeah. I got to peel out on Woodward today because I see them too. I see a lot more classic cars even around here. I'm what twelve miles away from that. I don't know if you're that far, but yeah, pretty, yeah, you might be. Yeah, I think I'm about twelve miles no. from that neck of the woods, and yeah, we get we get the classic cars all out. You know, I've been I go up and down eight mile to go over to Kayla's, and I see them all over there too. Yeah, and normally I access Woodward. I only need like a half mile stretch of access to get to, to get there. No, I got to go a roundabout way because these fuckers and their fucking cars going five miles an hour. I can't get on. Fuck you, people. It's awful. Have you? Ever- if this episode sucks, don't blame us. 
blame the Woodward Dream Cruise. We're good and angry today, so I think it's going yeah. <laughs> to up. Well, um, I know. I'm happy ever... about this movie. It was great. Oh, my God. I love this movie. Yeah. It, it's really going neck and neck with Planet of the Apes for uh, one of my favorite Charlton Hestons, I guess. Yeah, but, I told Griff. After I, I, I'd seen this before, but it had been a while, and I was like, I think this is my favorite of the movies we've done in the Charlton Heston Apocalypse Trilogy. Yeah. They're all good. Yeah, no. These are three. They are so in my wheelhouse of sci-fi because they just give you one or two things. They don't overwhelm you with like, oh, it's the future. I hate that shit. Like, here's a flat screen. I don't care about that. I love, like, the take one social issue and just, like, expand it, explode it. So, in uh, like in the world of Soylent Green here, we're going to see like overpopulation. We're always talking about population, Murray. Yeah. And if I would have asked you to guess the population in New York, if you didn't see that opening scene, what would you have said the population in New York say was? I would have 39 million. 39 million. Yeah. Give or take a million. That just goes to show how good this <laughs> fucking guy is at guessing <laughs> how the population of a city was based on a movie that may yeah, or may not help future. Yeah, cause did we mention this movie takes place now? This isn't a future movie. This is a present movie. 2022. It's based on a book uh, called Make Room, Make Room, which uh, had nothing to do with the movie we got. What was it, it called? Make Room, Make Room. Make Room, Make Room. I want to read this. Uh, the uh, writer was not happy about it because they did change a lot, especially the main, which we're not the spoiler. We're not going to get into until we get to the end. Yeah, he that was not in the book. Make room, make room. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I'll find it by that. This was uh, Edward G. Robinson's last ever movie. Who's that? Is he a director? Saul. Or? Oh, it's Saul. Okay. He was a he's a super famous actor. Is he? Yes, he was. Well. I get. I forget. Anything happened before you were born doesn't matter. A hundred percent. Yeah, he was a gangster. He's like, meh, see? Yeah, he he see anyone, who ever, anyone who does that impression, meh, see? Yeah. That's Edward G. Robinson. No shit. Yeah. That's incredible. So, uh, yeah, he literally died before this movie came out. Like, in the, in the last scene he filmed was his death scene in this movie. Yeah. That's how prophetic this movie was. That is was. interesting. And so, he he did a he did a fucking Telly Savalas performance Griff because he was only in this movie for like ten minutes but you loved his character you cared about him he stole he didn't steal the show but he he was great I just love the chemistry that was occurring like this is kind of current New York based on what I've heard from people like younger comedians coming up through New York who were trying to break into like the improv scene and everything. This sounds like modern New York where you're sharing a part. Well, just it is. One, just, Here's 2022. Yeah. Just one person would be a fucking delight. But I mean, we're going to get into some interesting scenes. If you've never seen this movie, they fucking do such a good shop of shooting just like this overwhelming new york i i fucking they love do it. a great job and we were just talking before we recorded about they do a great job showing the desperation people are living under like and uh, there's nothing there's no food there's scarcity all around and right. you feel it right and there's you know the fucking uh, the environment's fucks. Everyone's just drenched in sweat constantly. They put on the Mexico filter in America. Hello. That's how. That's how rough it got. That's how rough it got. 
And so, and you really feel, and this, this, I, I, this is my big pet peeve, Stuart, because I have, I have an issue with you, Stuart, about What's this. What's going on? Stuart is a Fury Road guy. I'm a, I'm a road worker. I always have to preface this every time I bring it up. I enjoyed Fury Road. It's no, a fine, Fury- it's a it's entertaining movie. I it like is, it. It's I a- like the movie. Yeah. It doesn't come anywhere near Road Warrior. Road Warrior is fucking miles beyond better because you feel the desperation match yes. and all those people are under. How he's asked for bullets. He he's, he has no bullets in his fucking gun at the beginning of the fucking movie. It's so fu- the bluff. He's fucking soaking up gas with a rag and squeezing yes. it out. And then in Fury Road, it's like, oh, we have a town that makes gas, so you don't have to worry about that. We have a town that makes bullets. You don't have to worry. That is my biggest pet peeve. It's just I hate the abundance of everything. The world of Mad Max, the first Mad Max movie. Even felt scarce because there just wasn't a lot of humans in it. Well, that was the that was like the beginning of society. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But even in that, barely any humans. You didn't hear them complaining about gas and all that. There's ice cream shops and you know that kind of thing. <laughs> Toe Buster, what was his name? Toe Cutter. <laughs> Toe Cutter. Yeah. Oh uh, well, there's a OC song called Toe Cutter Thumb Buster, and I think mm-hmm. I combined the two there. Okay. Great song. Um. But yeah, the scarcity, that's what you fucking love about Mad Max and, to some extent, Thunderdome, yeah. until they get the children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But that, that's Thunder Road. I, or Thunder Road. <laughs> Thunder Road. <laughs> <laughs> the lightning strikes. <laughs> I love Tom Hardy as Max, though. He, yeah. That would have been he, really fun. I, look, I know, I know Mel Gibson. He's got issues. He's problematic. He's he gets a pass from me. He's my he's Mad Max to me. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen the final Mad Max story with him playing it. But the one guy I was okay with playing it was Tom Hardy. I yeah. wish you got more screen time. But yeah, I wasn't. I was fine with that. Tom Hardy is probably one of my favorite modern actors. So I did love that he was Tom Hart or he was Mad Max, and he kept to it where he barely talked. Right, and he was an asshole. Yeah. And he was just about him. I, so they got that right. There's a lot they got right. But it's, not, it's, 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 just, it's just the third best Mad Max movie. It's still it good. Really, it really is. It's good. Uh, it's entertaining. I like to watch uh, it. They went for the spectacle. Yes. They went for the practical went, effects, though. That's why it's still good. They did do a lot of filtering, though, in it. Yes. The filtering was okay. The fact that they had... And the snow, then the, since the sandstorm in the beginning was total CGI bullshit. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, people CGI, expect that shit now. I get it. The CGI yeah. bullshit doesn't help it, but the fact that they still had guys out there swinging on giant rods on fucking, like, dune buggies yeah. and shit, the vehicles they stapled together, it was cool. It just doesn't feel like Mad Max because it's it's too much for the scarcity, and that's what right. I didn't like. that's the thing. They were just... They were wasting gas on a fucking guitar that shoots flames. Yes. So I'm like, why? Why are they? What's the issue? What's the problem? People are having. It would you have know? been cool if this was one movie about the gas town, and they were wasting all their gas. I think that would have been a little more appropriate, and everybody else is still living with the scarcity or something. I don't know. But the fact that they went from we barely have a bullet to now we have giant fucking monster trucks, forty five fleet, <laughs> you know, people fleets and everything. Get that two was, miles to a gallon. Because we're used to like having two main villains in a dune buggy and a guy wearing basically nothing. Yeah. You know? 
We want we want we want the goss. What was it? What was what's his name's name? Monstro. So I can never even remember his the name. The Lord Humongous. Humongous. <gasps> nobody, nobody leaves here. So you did mention I did have a nice family vacation. Yeah, how was that? It was something. Oh. That's why our last episode sucked so bad because we were just drained. And not only that, we we, we bounced back though with that kick ass Magnum PI episode. That was with impressive. Jack. Usually the second episode right, we do yeah. it a day, we're fucking depleted. <laughs> yes. Jack, you don't know how much energy these episodes just drain us. I mean, but, and we don't get paid a cent for this show. Jack, all for you guys. Jack's Magnum PI shirt. Yeah, and his helps. beautiful manicured beard because he's all yeah. about manscaping. And <laughs> yes. oh, he's got that touch of gray that you just want to see in a man. <laughs> Whoo, Jack, killing it! Thank you, yeah. sir. Uh, but yeah, I he, think that's why we fucked up on our last episode because we had the we, we rarely ever yeah we had videos up which we never do we never had videos up with our guests that and was, he was it he was just I, I, was, I was distracted by myself I was just I was, <laughs> nar- I was narcissist just looking at my reflection constantly yeah, yeah 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 and he was and Griff was just enraptured with Jack so it was like we were we I were off help it. I couldn't help it you yeah. noticed both my hands were never <laughs> over the table yeah did notice that oh sorry. did notice that. Um, but part of my relaxation didn't come during the vacation. It came after the vacation because I saw a lot of the people that you do not like. Flip-flops, cargo shorts, <laughs> uh, you know, AEW fans, beardos, slobs. Yeah. Uh, I saw an old lady who was hair touching the ears. Constantly. Hair always over the ears. Uh. I'm sorry. My hair is over my ears right now. Yeah. Kaylee even said it to me. She's like, Murray's not going to be able to talk to you today. Your hair's all over your ears. Yeah, it is. It is. It's getting Looking long. Looking very Jim Crockett. Jim Crockett? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, my vacation came um, basically was the it, Monday. Was it really a vacation? Because you're with your family. Is a family vacation ever a vacation? For me at this point, especially after, like, COVID and everything, where I'm used to dead silence. <laughs> I'm used to being alone 90% of the week. It was very tough. Okay. It was very tough. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I got through it. I got to enjoy some time with my family and all that. You saved America. I saved America. By getting rid of that traitorless Janie. Hang her. Oh, Lock her oh, up. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, of course. I got rid of her. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. That beat. <laughs> yeah. I, like Tony Khan, I forget my own stories. Um, but, Murray, when I came back on uh, Monday night, I was like, I need to relax with a good fucking movie. And you know what? I did the same thing on Tuesday. And right now on that Criterion channel, which everybody, if you love fucking I didn't actually, know they had a channel. Yeah. They have an own app, their own app where they get their own you know, Criterion movies. You've heard of Criterion yes, movies. Yes, I've heard of the DVDs, yeah. Um, and so it's like they go through a rotation, so you don't get every Criterion movie at one time. Right. Like They rotate them in. But I've told you some I of just, the movies. You know, I'm sorry, this is a sidebar gripe. What I hate about the loss of physical media is we're going back to the old days yes. now where we're at the mercy of people. Like now, if I if I get a DVD, I can watch the movie anytime Any. I want yep. and I have to pay for it one time. Right. Now we're going back to the old TV days where it's like, please, sir, may I, I have it. I, when is my favorite movie going to show up on one of these streaming services? It's fucking it's bullshit. Shit. I like I like a TV when I turn it on and a movie happens to be on because that feels special. Like, oh, my God, American Ninja 2's on? I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I don't like when I'm flipping through a Netflix or something and I go, oh, American Ninja 2, that's a good movie. Let's see what else there is. 
So I like the cater TV. I like somebody who brings me a good musical mix or something. I ask you all the time. Well, I haven't asked you recently. I'll have to do that sometime soon. I'm always asking you, like, oh, is this a good album to listen to? Yeah, it's a pretty good introductory album or something. I like catered material. I don't like a Netflix. Here's a bunch of bullshit. There might be something you like in here. Well, that's the yeah. That is the one problem with streaming services. I'll spend an hour just looking through the shit they have, and then I'll forget everything. I was like, oh, I, I have to write shit down now to remember. Like, oh, I'd like to look. I like to see that. I'd like to check that out. I'd like yeah. to check that out. So it's you just got too no- much. It's just too much. You got notes all over your place of just movies you want to watch or yeah. shows or mm. shows, and I never watch them. I don't no idea what I do with my life. <laughs> I don't do any. I don't have a life yet. Somehow, I'm never have time to ever see any of this shit. I can barely watch the movie we do for our fucking show half the time. <sighs> but getting back to the Criterion movies, so uh, they put together a nice. They will do this thing because Criterion Channel is all about directors, screenwriters. You know, the people actually give a shit about making their vision of a movie, their story, things like that. An actor doing their fucking goddamn. It's not what we see in theaters today, essentially. There are no Marvel movies. So um, their current collection that they have featured right now is a, a good uh, actor that we know from this show, Yafet Koto. So yeah. he's been in Friday Foster. I think he was in Cleopatra or something. He's been, he's he, been in a lot of our shows. He's yeah. been in a, several of our movies. And so, Murray, I've been going through this, not the ones we've already seen, because there was like seven of them. And do you want the good or the bad first? Give me the good first. You want the good one. So he's in this movie called Bone. His character's name is Bone. What year did this come out? The 70s. Okay. I've never heard of this. Yafet Kodo is the character. He is Bone. He is Bone. (laughs) He is the character in this movie. He's bad to the Bone. He is because he is uh, going into the high and white neighborhoods, and he's planning to steal from some rich people. I love that. I love it already. And so he shows up to these fucking... It's like a young chick with an old dude, much like we see in Soil and Green. Yeah, you're really basically explaining Soil and Green right Thank now. Thank you. Yeah. And they happen to see a rat that got into their pool and died. And they're like, oh, my God, get it out, get it out. And the guy's like, I will put my head in there. And then he just shows up. And he's like, oh, is there a rat in your filter? And he pulls it out. And he's like, this thing's adorable. And he just goes up and is a super fucking creep. And it's like, let's go inside. I'm going to go ahead and just take all of your money now. And then he finds out they're fucking poor. And they hate each other. And the wife gets drunk while the husband goes away to get the money for Bone. And she ends up getting way too warm for the form. And he's like, well, fuck it. I'll fuck you. And then it's it's a good movie. It was very interesting. You might need to remember this for next Black Exploitation History Month. It could be a good one for it. Uh, I'll I'll send you over the credentials so you can check it out. If you feel – I didn't feel like it it would be quite right for us. But if you do – We can do anything, by the way. We can do. Yeah. The second movie – I, this will be a hot take, and I kind of uh, led you on with this one earlier. Yeah, you're, you're teasing me. We'll, we'll go ahead and that. end the top half on this, everybody, because I know we're going long. Yeah. Midnight Run. I love Midnight Run. You don't like Midnight Run? I did with not. Charles Grodin and uh, Robert De Niro? I did not like the first hour and 20 I haven't seen it in like decades, but I remember liking it. I thought this was going to have a more serious tone no, to it. No, it's comedy, yeah. I did not realize it was a comedy. 
So maybe I if can I, see that because you know Robert De Niro, especially in the '80s, wasn't known for comedy. He's coming in very stern-faced, very serious, chain-smoking, leather jacket, tight jeans. I wasn't expecting this. Yafet Kodo comes in looking very stern and serious too. I was expecting a more serious movie when it was very silly. In the first hour, I did not enjoy it. The last forty-five minutes were better, and it is a good movie. I just didn't like it. But <laughs> it's a good movie. I don't like it. Yeah, it's the, it Can you weird. not objectively say that was a good movie? I it wasn't. Well, yeah, I, it's like I, when I say I can see why people are into Pam Anderson, but I'm not attracted to her at all. It's that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, Midnight Run. Robert De Niro leading this movie, being kind of silly and like whatever, and then like trying to bring it back home. And I didn't like that. That's gonna be a hot take, I think, Griff. Yeah. So we might hear we might get some blowback on the Twitterverse. Definitely not the movie for me. Okay. I did not. You know what the movie is for us? Soiling Green. So we're going to get right to this trailer. Get ready. We're heading into a dog eat dog world, or is it a dog eat dog world? You'll find out on the other side of this trailer for Soiling Green. New York City, 50 years from today. Nothing runs, nothing works. They gave me a quarter of a kilo. But people are the same, and people will do anything to get what they need. What they need most is Soylent Green. Simonson, board of directors of the Soylent Corporation, murdered because he discovered the secret of Soylent Green. Detective Thorne, he's got to find out what Simonson knew. Saul Roth, Thorne's researcher. Courtesy of your next assignment, William R. Simonson, Chelsea Towers West. When how'd you get all these? Cheryl, the furniture. Is that Simonson? Is that a yes nod or a no nod? Yes. Hatcher, police captain. Simonson. Supposed to look like he was killed when he caught some punk burglarizing his apartment. Well, what do you say? It was an assassination. Tab Fielding, bodyguard. Why would you leave that door open? Why did you set up Simonson? Charlton Heston. Edward G. Robinson, Lee Taylor Young, Chuck Connors. Fight for survival and solve the most bizarre riddle ever to face mankind. This is the police. I'm asking you to disperse. The supply of Soylent Green has been exhausted. Why does Soylent Green mean life? You must disperse. The scoops are on their way. Why does Soylent Green mean death? Another perfect trailer. How does this happen? 70s, they just knew how to do it, man. You know... I either find a trailer that is one minute long for a 70s movie. By the way, it's it's funny you bring up the trailer because Joe Corey brought up the trailer just yesterday for Omega Mates. Where did you find that trailer? 
because the you said the voiceover work sounded like they were doing a rom com type <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, Waldo Corey. No, 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 don't reveal our secrets because we're the best. That's why we found it. Oh, That's all you need. To we know. shouldn't tell them about the people we pay off. We don't pay anybody off. Yeah, Riff, right. I can't. Something's off about you. I'm looking at you. I'm staring into your eyes. I'm reading your eyes. What's what's there's something missing? What's going on? Well, Marie, I ran into a little trouble last week. It was like a week and a half. No, it was last week. Did this happen in Wyoming? This happened in Wyoming. Oh, All right. Shit. Nothing good happens in Wyoming. So there I am. Oh, and ev- as everybody knows in America, Wyoming houses are four miles apart from each other. Yeah. It's a, it's basically a wasteland. Yeah. That's why my dear cousin and uh, dear cousin and cousin and Harriet and Harriet Hageman uh, was running for office out there. Oh. And so I'm in between houses and a helicopter lands down and I recognize those fucking colors. Brown, yellow, orange. I was like, what the fuck is 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 our good friend Jack here? Is this like his mechophile dream? Is he fucking this helicopter? <laughs> He only fucks cars. Dude. That's right. He only fucks Magnum P.I.'s car. Right. He doesn't fuck T.C.'s chap. Well, go figure. Magnum P.I. walks out of this fucking helicopter, and I see his fucking compatriot. Well, it was a stand-in, obviously, because his friend died recently. Yeah. That's why we did that episode. Yeah. So uh, I made a joke last week that we were going to reverse mortgage Tom Selleck's life. And he did not. Sounds funny. I don't remember. Take kind to that. And what I've learned recently is that Tom Selleck is the god of mustaches. Yeah, I knew that. Everybody knows that. Because he didn't even get out of the helicopter. He's the passenger on this uh, this, uh, chopper. He did the eye thing where he pointed two of his fingers into his eyes and my eyes. Then he snapped. My mustache was gone. Just disappeared. It didn't just you like, notice I have stubble on the rest of my face. Yeah, but it's like, my my it's like a baby's my lip, ass. Yeah. my lip is barren. Huh. I don't. I've been praying to the Tom Selleck every day because I think that's what happened. You just to got me. magnumed. I got magnumed. Oh. So, so I hope. I mean, we know your source of your power is your mustache. So I hope you can power through this episode. I really hope I can. I hope our listeners can because we're really even my a lot enunciation of time. may seem off because the yeah. weight of my lips. vibrations is, yeah, from the mustache exactly. Yeah, I've noticed, I've, I picked up on it. Your voice doesn't <laughs> even sound the same. Anyways, Murray, this is the year twenty twenty two. Yes, yeah, the far off present. Oh wait, that's this year. Yeah. Would you say our year's looking better than this year? I'd say a little bit because there's not 40 million people living in New York City. There's about half of that, I would say. Half of that because everyone's moving out because of work from home. Yeah. Yeah. uh, According to the headlines, the millennials have ruined the workforce. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So we just see the year 2022 population in New York City, 40 million Fucking unemployment. It's 50%, Griff. Shit. Biden, so, what did you do? Yeah, I know. Thanks, oh, Biden. I'm not even getting get into the inflation rate, but it's it's bad. Yeah. And gas prices, woo. It just double it. So we we see our man, Detective Thorne, played by our man, Charlton Heston, who uh, whose character was born in 1980 in this movie. 
1980. Yeah. So that would make he'd him be, 42. Yeah, he, which he's probably 52 in this movie. He looks like he could be. He, yeah, he could well, pull for uh, that I'm era, just, 70s, 42. What he looks like here. Look that. Yeah, th- these pictures you're then. seeing of my dad are him in his like 20s. <laughs> So yeah. come on. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I've seen pictures of my mom in high school, and she looks like she's fucking forty. So yeah, yeah they just people just looked older back then. And now people, I don't know if it's an age thing, but <laughs> now everybody who's twenty looks like a fucking child to me, like a literal child. And I'm like, that's why I'm like, when they go on how sexy these girls are. Like, no, she looks like she's fucking twelve. What are you talking about? It's creep. Okay, I'm sorry. This hits way too close to something. I'm uh, I'm not reading. I'm listening to it, but. I never watched these shows. I was too old for them. But have you heard of shows? What's that? I've been hearing about these Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, yeah. Because Jen McCurdy put out that book. Yeah, uh, the fat kid from head of the class became like a big producer for these these uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, shows. Have you ever looked up a picture of him? Yeah, I know he was on the head of the class. I remember that show it was on oh, the eighties. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he, do you he was just remember him from that? Yeah, he's a big fat guy. He's still a big fat guy. Yeah. And he's got big floppy hair. Yeah, uh-huh. When he was like a the creator for these shows and everything, yeah. you would despise this man. Yeah, and the rumor would, is he knocked up Britney Spears' sister. That's the rumor. Jamie Spears? That that yeah, the kid she had she's like sixteen. That's the rumor. Oh I don't my know. god. You know he's heavy into shrimping. Oh he likes baby shrimps. Dude, there is a okay, so here's the thing I was getting at was I started hearing these stories and she was on an episode, uh Jenna McCurdy was on an episode of Eric Andre. And so I was like, that woman seemed very interesting because she is just dead. She is dead. And when she came out saying, this is what killed me, I was like, I want to kind of hear these stories. So I ended up having free Audible books, so I've been listening to that. That's a a nice, pleasant way to spend your time, listening to Horrible child star stories, yeah. Well, I mean, Corey Feldman said it fucking forever, you know? No, it's it's always been true. I'm not not denying uh, that it's... Not been a thing. It's it's interesting. Yeah, to hear Disney that. and Nickelodeon are just pedophile factories. That's all they do. They create like sexualized children. It's sick. It. This girl, this poor girl, was like, you know, right on the cusp of puberty and everything. They're like, yeah, go ahead and pop on this bu- bikini, and she's like, I don't want to be an adult. I want to be a child. Terrible, terrible. Almost like the world we're living in in twenty twenty two. Yes, soil and green. So. Thorne wakes up, flips on the old big tube. We don't have flat screens in this 2022. And I love... See, okay. I'm sorry to do this again, but I love a sci-fi world where we're not looking at flat screens hovering. You don't have, like, little fucking hovering scooters. I mean, even though we're getting kind of closer to that with Amazon delivery drones and everything like that, I like a sci-fi world where it's, like, it feels way too close to home. Yeah. This movie, movie of all the movies we've done, I, this is why I liked it. I probably yeah. said this in the opening, but I forget everything I do. It's the closest to how we're. It's so close to how we're living right now. I mean, because most of, most of them are so all like two thousand years. Obviously, monkeys aren't going to learn how to speak and yes, like, all yes. that shit. But fuck, I could see ten years from now us living in the fucking world that they predicted would be right now. Yes. That's what it's a it's a it's a world where like it's just corporations run everything and rich people and it's just this vulgar disgusting fucking world. That's one of the reasons I love Phantom of the Paradise too. They and even the Apple. I know that's a fucking shit movie and everything. I love those types of movies where it's like that's so disgusting it couldn't be real. 
they are fucking real today. This movie does such a f- good job of it. This is the sci-fi I fucking love. Minority Report, boring. Like, I love the premise of it, but the over-sci-fiification of it all does yeah. nothing for me. Uh, I think the best balance I've seen is Total Recall. That's just a fucking good-ass movie. And book. And episode of our show. And episode of Check our show. Check it out. So, yeah, you mentioned Thorn waking up. He's shirtless, but he's got that beautiful <laughs> fucking kerchief thing. What do we call it? It's Yeah, it's like a kerchief. Or it's a, scarf? Yeah, a little scarf. Is it just a scarf? A little scarf. Uh, yeah, because he's got to cool himself. He does, he's got the the uh, Brett Favre cooling thing. There's copper infused in there. You know what? I did thought I did thought I did think <laughs> I recognized it. You're right. That yeah. is the Brett Favre <laughs> copper coolant. Yeah, I saw him throw because that. Because we it's it's like they don't have soap. The poor people aren't even allowed to have soap in this world. That's how fucking desperate this world um, is. Again, relatable. Sci-fi right. should be relatable. It should not distance you. It should take some things and exploit them and make them feel realer. This movie doesn't. You get water rations, which I bet that's going to happen in our life. It's already been happening. Yeah. It's happening here recently in Oakland County. You have a boil warning out right now. Well, because, the, yeah, water main. Break. Exactly. We're having fucks. Crazy fuck us up with their infrastructure because we don't ever invest in them. So we see uh, it's like a talk show, and before they get into the the interview, they shill some of this new product. The Soylent Company, who like owns everything, they're like uh, Monsanto's. Is that what it's called? What's the what's the food? The big farming conglomerate. I think it's Monsanto's. Or something. I I don't know. And. Uh, we we got we've already have Soylent Red and Soylent Yellow, but the new product out on the line. It's Soylent base stands for soybeans and lentils. That's what Soylent is. Yeah. But the new product hot off it's Soylent Green. It's made from plankton, and people are fucking loving it. And he's just shilling it like a motherfucker. And then he's like, and up next our interview with uh, Governor Santini. Murray, you got to remember Tuesday. It's Soylent Green Day. Yes. And when I saw that, me and Caleb, both our eyes lit up, and they're like, is that how Green Day got their name? I looked that up, too. No, it's not. <laughs> That's funny that yeah. you did, too. Yeah. It's worse. Yeah, it's just getting high. It's yeah. so lame. Yeah. It's having a smoke-out day. But we got to, like, I'm not a fan of Green Day anymore, but we got to remember they were probably 15 or 16 when they came up with the name. Yeah. So. And then we see his, his, uh, his partner slash roommate, Saul Roth, and he's like, so here's what it is. They're both cops, but they have different roles. So Thorne is the guy who does all the on the you know, goes out and does shit. Yes. And Saul's known as a booker where he does all the research and shit. And there's no Internet. He's literally researching books and libraries. And books and are hard to come by because, right. again, no trees. Uh, we have to imagine it's been taken over by. The cancel culture Republicans, because, you know, as much as they like to say it's the, uh, you know, left that are canceling everything. They're the ones going into schools saying we need to cancel these books. And so they've canceled all books. So getting any kind of book is. Well, no, they actually said that trees are hard to come by. There's a scene where there's like a, 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 a like. I don't know what they call it, like an arboreum or something. It's just like three like pathetic trees. There was? Yes. It was it was like in a little like inflatable like like greenhouse almost thing. It was a it was a very quick scene. It had the, the governor was talking to one of his goons in it. Interesting. I think I oh okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Arbitorium. Yes, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so they're complaining because remember, 
unemployment's 50 fucking percent. Yes. So Thanks, there's 20 Biden. million people who are desperate for work. So they got, and they've got so many unsolved cases. Right. Thorne is like, fuck, have you got any headway on these cases? He's like, I don't fuck. He's like, I found out this guy absconded. He's in New Jersey now, and I don't know. And he's like, we got to get some cases, or we're going to lose our fucking job. I think the most obnoxious view some people would take on this is, see, socialism failed us because there's government handouts. They basically have to feed this fucking class now. But the other way to look at it is that um, because... I don't remember where I was going with that point. <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't matter because they're they're arguing and like Saul's so like, "What the fuck do you want me to do? I I'm, I can just, I have so many books I can look up." And he's like, "All right, well." And then they, their fucking margarine went bad on top of it. We I didn't see, know margarine went bad. I thought that was the whole thing about doesn't go bad. I thought that was that's, the point of margarine. That's the point yeah. of what he's trying to say here. Is it's so bad that our margarine has gone bad? Like this is like beat poetry happening right now. And then uh, I think uh, Thorne is nibbling on some silent yellow because he's he's got some yellow thing. And then fucking Saul is like, man, see, man, I remember when we had real food, man, like SpaghettiOs, man, fruit roll-ups, real food. And he's like, those are days long past, my friend. I don't know. I've been living my whole life on Soylent. So we see that Thorne is continuing to get ready for work. And by that, I mean throwing a shirt over his kerchief. And That's why I like. They only have both of them have one outfit because they're yes. fucking dirt poor. I love it. Again, they're doing such a good. And if you notice, and I did notice because I told Caleb, make me some of these pantaloons. <laughs> um, is that all the men wear a similar style pantaloons where it's got like, you know, your fly. The, there's the overlap that has that kind of swoosh, and then it goes up to your belt. Well, they have one that goes like all the way across your lap. It's very interesting. But oh man. Anyways, so they, they, yeah, he has a very distinct pattern on his pants. That's what you come to this podcast for, is distinct <laughs> pattern on the pants. Taffeta would appreciate that. Uh, but then you got Soul there working an exercise bike. You're like, well, what happens is the power goes out. We've seen the light bulbs. And like he's like, Saul's like, oh, I guess I got to do it. They have to fucking pedal. They're, they got to generate their own power for their apartments on a fucking exercise bike. And Saul's like fucking 100 years old. Right. And these two. Or 50. I don't know. We People can tell so they're living. They're happy to have a place. But at the same time, they're too close to each other. So there's a little bit of friction. And yet, yet, yet there's a little bit of appreciation for each other in their situation. Because they're like, I love you, Saul. Go with God, you see? me, schmuck me. So Thor puts on the old uh, copper-infused kerchief. I mean, he he double-knots it because he doesn't want to get stolen. That's (laughs) fucking Brett Favre's signature. (laughs) Nowadays, you can only get, like, the Baker Mayfield copper. (laughs) Nobody wants it. Cleveland didn't even want that. Walks out... this times has gotten so rough. People are spending two thousand dollars a month on living on a stairwell inside a fucking New York apartment. Here's the other at six hundred in our in our our time. Again, everybody watch fucking Soylent Green. Beautiful movie. Lots of great uh, interior shots and all this. I love that every like little house we go into here. There's a guy on the staircase with his I believe in two A. American flag T-shirt. Oh, excuse me, wife beater on, and yeah, it's hot. You know, with the uh, AR-15. Yeah. How did they know that we were going to be obsessed with the AR-15 in 1970? Genius of this, this movie. Incredible. 
So he, he has to step over all these fucking people on the stairway. I'd rather, I, wouldn't you just, and they, I noticed somebody was, they were sleeping on a stairwell outside. I would just like be like a regular homeless person and just be against a wall. Why would he be on a staircase? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, maybe they were begging and they got tired from begging and they just fell asleep right there. So he's off to, because he gets a call from like, there's like something happening. He, he's working a night shift. Yeah, night shift. That's yeah. it. And then we cut to, we see this very mysterious character talking with it. Like, uh, he's uh, in a car. He gets in a car? Yes, he gets this These guy's living in a car with his wife and kid. Yeah. Gilbert. If you've ever seen the movie, I think it's called Dead End Driving. It's basically that set. And yeah. this character, Gilbert, is living in there. And in the back seat, we see a woman bouncing a baby. Right. And we see this goon, mysterious-looking guy. And he hands, he, he hands him... <laughs> It's like a put-together pry bar. Like It's like two pieces I, of a pry bar that he puts together. I think I wrote it in my notes as a crowbar. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's what it... Yeah, handcrafted <laughs> crowbars that I put in the note. Because that's what a... Fu- He's like hands him these two beautiful pieces. <laughs> Even metal of this quality is like, oh my God, you're giving this to me? And he's like, you know what to do. And then we don't, we don't, we don't know what that means. Right. Now we cut to the uh, the other half live in this beautiful apartment on the east side. They're moving on up. Isn't this interesting? We've gone to what is would be considered the middle class in this world to the underclass living in a car. Now we're going to the upper class. That's a right. fucking. This, this, that's why I said I, I love how close this is to how we're living because the gap between the rich and poor right now is getting so fucking far. Right. I mean, rich and poor, obviously, huge, but middle class to rich. Oh. Our middle class characters don't even know what a vegetable looks like. Right. So we see uh, this beautiful woman, Cheryl, playing the, the fucking hottest video game of the age. They. It's, it's it's closer it, to your time. What was the hottest video game in the seventies? Asteroid Pong. Yeah. Interesting. And she's, she's tearing it up. And this is this older man she's living with. I love those nimble fingers of yours. The way they craft that. Well, he's not that. He's a nice guy. He's not a creep. No, he's not a he's creep. Like, I did my know, like creep voice. Right. And and because she, she's happy to be with him, she loves this guy. And they're talking, and then we see a familiar a familiar face from Manny. Killer, Killer, yeah. The professor, Chuck Connors. I knew I recognized him. I knew I recognized you. <laughs> his name's Tab, this is his character. Tab that's Fielding. A, that's a bad name. He's the bodyguard for this very rich man, Mr. Simonson. Right. And he's like, hey, I'm here to pick you up for shopping. It's shopping day, and yeah. we all, I mean, everybody in America knows about shopping day. It's the best day of the week, especially for a woman, because right. women like shopping. And it's it's very much like, it's like a, it's almost like a gated community because the, the, the quote-unquote grocery store is inside their building. Well, no, Murray, I used to have this thought when my, like, the local malls and everything were bought, being bought out, and they were being replaced with Walmarts. I would say, like... Pretty soon, they're just going to build like apartments on top of the Walmart, and so you don't have another store to go to. You just go to the Walmart. You never leave your house. Exactly. Yeah. That's what's happening here. Yeah. We have been so uh, just like compounded into- COVID didn't help, by the way. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and you can't go out. You can't- no. So you just go down. So they go down there. And this is to show how desperate. Like, I love the fucking- They really hit home how desperate this, the life of everyone is. These are super rich people. And they're just getting 
a fucking head of iceberg lettuce, yes. some limp-ass celery. Which, which you call dry ice? <laughs> no, or no. I call it room temperature ice yeah. because that's the that's basically the flavor. There's no flavor to celery. I hate celery. I don't understand the purpose of it. It's like chewing on room temperature ice. It's just crunchy water. I will let you know that... It is part of what they call the holy trinity in French cooking. Well, that just tells onions, you a lot about French cooking. I believe cooking. that is onions, carrots, and celery. It tells you a lot about French cooking. Okay. So, and then this limp as fuck on top of it, and then he's like, oh, and miss, we got... Uh, well, no, she says, uh, excuse me, Garfield, I believe you have something special, and she bats her... She's a beautiful... We have seen nothing but dirt... Clottered, you know, humans, right. and now we're seeing like this beautiful woman in like a great wardrobe, well and every- manicured, yeah, yep. Uh, and she's down there, and she's just like, uh, "I believe you had something special for me." He's like, "You think I would forget you? I just want an extra moment to smell your perfume." And Charlton does back that up later. He's like yeah. huffing away on that perfume. No. And so he goes over and up, opens a he little... He used to fucking be... Oh, so he loves it. Yeah. He probably reeks to high heaven. Oh, you know he does. Yeah. He doesn't They're sweating and nobody... You get a jug of water a week or some shit. Yeah. yeah. This movie takes place over maybe three or four days, and he wears the same outfit. He barely gets to sleep. He is setting, sweating profusely. You see the pit stains grow throughout the movie. Right. Beautiful. That's how you tell the passage of time by the pit stains. Exactly. And she's like... Where's the beef? And he's like, right here, ma'am. And it's a stringy fucking shitty cut of beef. It's not impressive. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. So it shows you. Even the super rich. Yeah. Or just, you know, shit most people throw in the trash nowadays. And our poor middle class guy who's just happy to have a job, he probably took, like, little shavings out of it or something, you know, for his family back at home. Yeah, yeah. Or, or he might have done that. <laughs> Maybe he just ringed out some of the blood. He might have been know. like, this guy, uh, uh, fucking Joe Rogan, told me that raw meat is the way. Anyway. So we cut back outside, and we see that there literally is a, a, a wall between the haves and the have-nots. This is kind of like uh, our California runway, where it's like that big underscoop where the water can The reservoir. Yeah. Reservoir, thank yeah. you. And he is, like, beating into the edge of it. He's hacking, like, a foothold because yes, he's climbing foothold. This, this wall. That's why he has the pry bar. And he makes his way up to where the rich people live. And it just so happens he just caught it. I mean, guys, everybody, this is, like, an hour and 32-minute movie. Yeah, our, our episode's going to be twice as long as this movie. Well, yeah, we spent nine hours telling people about the Dream Cruise, so <laughs> yeah. of course it will be. <laughs> <laughs> They're spraying each other with Fago, getting yeah. all over their fucking, you know, nice yeah. paint job and waxing. So he gets into the balcony and Simonson sees him and he's he know he's like he knows why he's here. We don't know why. Right. But he's like, oh, okay. I and, feel like this inspired Alan Moore's killing of the comedian. Cause what no, actually comedian put up a fight, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I forgot that. So Gilbert's like Look, they're very sorry, but you've come, you've become unliable. You're, you're a liability now. Yeah, and Simmonson is just like, yeah, I kind of figured this day was coming. He's ready to accept death. And death he gets because he just fucking gets chopped in the back of his neck with a fucking pry bar. Right, and as like right before the first strike, he, he's like, this isn't right, but it's necessary to God. 
And what's interesting, what we're going to learn about this movie is that no one gives a shit about God anymore. The only people who care is the poor people because that's their way to get not to sleep on the staircase. <laughs> yeah. Place to sleep. Yeah. So, very economic story. We cut right to Thorne gets the call, and he just shows up at the apartment from yep. a, for, you know, Yeah, he, he was doing the night rounds and everything. It just so happens that he got called to this murder. And one of the – if there's any uh, – benefit of being a cop is you basically can do whatever you want when you come to a scene of a crime oh i see a nice line you've added here yeah and he just starts griffin all over the place well first he's introduced to cheryl and we learn that because we thought they were like a couple no no this is how depraved this is and this is we're headed for this shit too i can see how depraved our society's got women are called furniture yes and he even asks are you personal or are you like the building? Because the building have their own furniture that come with your apartment. How fucking gross is that? Think about, oh, my God, I'm going to have to remember our black exploitation movie here. Who is the guy who is living in the apartment complex with the floor, with the women? He had the Willie Dynamite. It was Willie Dynamite. So this is basically Willie Dynamite's apartment complex where each room has its own girl. Right. Furniture. And, furniture. Yeah. And that is immediately a line. I was like, what did he just say? And, again, beautiful little touches. Right. Well, not beautiful, but... It is. I know, no, they're depraved. <laughs> yeah. They are completely depraved, but they're beautiful and to you the say, world. And you say, like, no, this couldn't happen. Do you realize who our last president was? I don't <laughs> care what your politics are at all, but he's a piece of shit. Donald Trump is like ev- all the seven deadly sins hum- in, a, in a human being. Yeah. So, yes, we're totally on the path to shit. Like, he has a fucking mail-order wife, for fuck's sake. 100%. Melania is furniture. Yes. And he treats her like that. Yes. So, yes, we're, his fucking ex-wife is buried on his fucking golf course for a tax write-off. <laughs> How, you, know, you don't get any more depraved than that. Right. All right? So, I don't care what your politics are, but if you like Trump, something wrong with you. No. So, getting back to this. So, yeah, and we see... Uh, Charlie, who's the doorman slash pimp of this building, he like leads uh, 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 perfect Thornton. casting for this guy too. Yeah, he's got like a bowl cut. He he's got that hair that curls a little bit at the end. It's balding in the back. He's got the fucking crumple, ruffly t- uh, uh, shirt with the velvet jacket over it. Perfect. Again, Willie Dynamite would probably get this guy to be like some kind of hotelier in his apartment complex. And uh, so, like I said, he just starts griffing and rifling through all Thorn, all of the rich guy's shit. Right. He immediately goes into his fridge. He's like, bourbon. Yep. <laughs> Takes he's a like, swig. And, and Tab, he's, Tab is there, the bodyguard, of yeah. course, and Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, it's spelled S-H-I-R-L. Yeah, Cheryl. And they pronounce it Cheryl, I thought. No, it was Cheryl. Like, Cheryl. It's like short for like Shirley. Shirley. Yeah, Cheryl. Cheryl. Okay. Uh, but Tab's like, uh, you can't be going through that. And he's like, what are you, like, paid out for the whole month? He's like, well, yes, sir, I am. He's like, yeah, then it doesn't fucking matter. And he takes a nice little swig out of it. And then he's just carrying around this bourbon. And he's just looking through. He's asking questions. He's asking for Tab's whole report. He's, of course, saying, oh, you know, I took uh, Shirley down to the grocery store at the bottom floor and everything. He's like, oh, that's a great story. Why don't you go write it outside for me? 
I'm going to take Cheryl into the bedroom now. Yeah, we learn a little bit about Simonson. He's very high muckety-muck, politician, lawyer. And so we're like, okay, this is going to be a big case for our man Thorne. And so, like I said, Thorne is just going through everything. He's like, goes into the bathroom. because he, he, doesn't, he hasn't seen running water. They have a jug in their apartment that they just, like, open up and splash a little water yeah, on it's themselves. a cooler that you would see at a sports yeah. event. And they have it hung up so you can just spout it and get it on your face. So he just is loving just rubbing fucking hot water on his face. Yeah, he's trying to ask Cheryl questions while he's going in. He's feeling up the soap He washes his hands. That was like a big deal to him. That was a big... Just washing his hands. And again, in this era when actors still took things super seriously, there was very little slapstick involved, very silliness. It works so fucking well. You're feeling the the grittiness of this. You're feeling the sweat on him. And then he goes up. He's, he he actually fucking pockets the bar of soap. Like smells it, pockets it. Yeah. And then he goes up to Cheryl, and he's just like, oh, "You don't have to have any bruises. You know, he must have took good care of you. You know." And she's like, "He was a very nice man. You right. know, because he's implying like, oh, I guess he didn't like the rough stuff. You know." Yeah. And she's like, "No, he was very respectful of me. He's like, no, oh, yeah, sure. Was he up to anything like?" weird before he went actually that comes a little later now that i'm thinking about it but still he's like something's so fucking off because they've been telling him obviously charles our fucking guard or hotelier apartmentier who brought him up here and everything is a total fucking nosy piece of shit and he's got his nose in everything he didn't seem to notice somebody break into the place and the bodyguard happened to be away and cheryl happened to be with him and he's also noticing, like, the whole crime scene. He's like, wow, he didn't really put up. Your boss didn't put up much of a fight. It's very interesting. And then he gets a call. We hear sanitation has showed up. And we're like, sanitation? And, yeah, well, sure enough, these uh, these guys, like, they're just garbage men. <laughs> but they had uh, baraclavas on. Baraclavas. <laughs> Isn't that what they call them? Like a- Baklavas, I think they call them. That's the dessert. I just call them ski masks. Yeah, ski masks works. Saganagi. So, <laughs> Thorn, uh, we see that even the sanitation get their cut. It's just so much grift going on. So much griff and grift. There's and, a reason why griff and grift are so close. And they're like, we want our cut, Thorn. It's like, you'll get your 10%. Don't fucking worry. And they just, like, fucking wrap him in a sheet and carry. They whip off his little toe tag. And that's what Thorne takes with him. So that's part of... Like, I didn't understand this whole deal either. And I don't even think it gets, uh, uh, like, really pieced together too well later in the movie. But I think the tag is for the death benefits, because they mention it. Tab and Cheryl bring that up. That's what it was. Even when we see later on, there's all there, you see benefits everywhere. Right. Okay. And then Tab tells her, because she's like, what are they going to do with his body? He's like, they'll just take him out of town and for waste disposal. Yeah, Tab's trying to be all kind about it, because Tab does have a sweet spot for Cheryl. And he's like, oh, you really don't want to know. My grandma, when she passed, they did a whole funeral procession. What are they going to do with him? And Tab finally breaks down. Oh, they're just going to throw him in the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. And then as they're talking, our <laughs> I love to see Thor pulls out. He's like a kid on Halloween. He pulls out a pillowcase and starts throwing shit in the pillowcase. He steals two ginormous 
<laughs> fucking books. For Saul, because you know Saul likes reading. Right. And yeah. they also seem to be relevant to the case. So we just like And grab you know, like grab some pencils and for fucking Saul. Pencils. The paper that um Tab wrote his uh statement on, he takes that and he's taking apples, oranges. The food that Cheryl and uh, Tab just went and got, he takes that with them. <laughs> yeah. Evidence. He's the, Evidence. He's the fucking Grinch, man. He's just he taking is. everything. You're right. He is yeah. the Grinch. How the thorn stole Christmas. It's so, it, like, all of Charlton Heston's characters that we've done over the last three weeks now have been these very obtrusive types. I, yeah, it's weird because he's a total prick in this movie, but I love him, though. I love them in this movie. And. I don't blame them in this setting yeah. because of the depraved – like when you don't have things, that creates an environment where you want to take things because I, I'm desperate. So right. that's why I don't believe in an economy of needing desperate people because they're the people who will take right. things because it's like I have nothing. So, so uh, no hope, no fear. Exactly. So Thorne is like, all right, he just yoinks the fucking uh, statement that Tab wrote out, and then it's, it's I got to catch a ride with sanitation. Yeah, he jumped in there. <laughs> what? These guys are masked head they to toe. They literally put bodies in garbage trucks. Yeah, real garbage. And he's just, he's like the garbage truck riding on the back of it yeah. to his apartment. He was just like these guys are. I feel like that was the thing. Was they're supposed to be disguised, no names, executioner types. That's why they're right. covered with just the isolate. They don't have like the peak on their hat like the executioners had, but he just runs up the hey Wagner Wagner, and I feel like that was a joke in there, like a very black humorous joke. Like I'm calling you by your name. I know you. Okay. So he heads home up to the apartment with Saw, and Saw's like, "Holy shit! You got paper? I haven't seen pencils in fucking decades." And he's like, "Not only that, I got a feast for us, buddy." But check out these. And he pulls out those gigantic fucking books. And he's like, he's like excited. Saul loves reading and books and shit. So he's excited. Glossy covered, hardcover, bound perfectly, glossy pictures. Right. And it's a Soylent Oceanographic Survey Report for 2015 to 2019. He's like, this might give us, this might, you know, has something to do with the murder. Look into this. This is, this is a twofer, though, as well, because books are abundant. Paper is abundant. Writing's abundant. Publish books don't get published anymore. So just having any material to read is a big fucking deal. Right. They do such a good job building up this world. Right. And he's like, not only that, check this out. He pulls out that stringy piece of meat. He pulls out the meat's last. Okay, yeah, but he's like, he brings out the bourbon first. <laughs> he's like, we're gonna get fucked up tonight, Saul. And Saul pops that cork. Lime! <laughs> fucking takes a fucking big old swig off of it. Grows a few more chest hairs. <laughs> and he's like, apples. And he's sniffing them and shit. And he's like, get a load of these apples. Pulls out that stringy little piece of meat. He's like, oh my god, a feast! Oh my god. And then he's like, but then Saul still has kind of a heart. He hasn't been, you know, as cynical as uh, as Thorn is. So he's. I thought- mean. He's used to a world where this was abundant, and now he's one of few that has celery, <laughs> apple, <laughs> strangy beef. Yeah. I mean, it even looked Couple like grains of salt. It even looked like because Cheryl was telling Smith Smithsonian, as what I was about to call him, 
Uh, what was his name? Simon. 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 She was even telling him, like, I got a special treat for you tonight. I th- it looked like it was in the shape of some undergarment. So I think she was get- – that's why it's so stringy. I think oh. she was supposed to wear it. That's some G-stringy meat. Yeah, it's a G-string meat. So, yeah, he's like, well, we got to get to work. You know, Saul's like, you know, we, we've been blessed with this fucking feast. We're getting – I got to get to work. Next morning. We get a nice little cut. It's supposed to be like I feel like it was some kind of government building. It was a police station. It was a police. Oh, you know what? It was a police. I don't know. That's why I don't know why people are collecting death benefits. It is a government building. Maybe they just can't have many buildings because the realtors in you know who've bought it over in Russia and everything, you know, (laughs) they're like, we're just not going to let you vacant it or you know put anything in there. So Thorne's called in. Of course, this is an action movie. You got to have the black captain, Captain Hatcher. This is where we learn that they have a very cool slang word for dollars. D's? D's. And he walks in, and he's like, hey, is that watch? He's like, he's like messing with his watch. He's like, oh, no, they immediately start in about the cases. He uses that as a deflection. Mm. Because uh, as we – Saul even brought it up. He's like, we haven't fucking made edge on any case recently, and you're bringing me this fucking case with this rich dude you stole all this shit from? He's like, yeah, we'll figure this out. So that's what Hatcher is immediately on him about. He's like, case A, you haven't made any ground on. Case B, you haven't made. Case C, no ground. What's going on with this Smithsonian guy now? (laughs) Simon. And he's like, hey, is that your watch? He's like, yeah, this shit ain't working. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see if I can fix it again. And he starts working on that thing. And while he's doing that, Hatcher's like, you know, maybe the problem is Saul. Maybe you need a new booker. He's like, no, he's fine. Don't worry about it. So we see that there is like some, there's some brotherhood between these guys. It's very, yeah, again, very interesting and very sweaty. Right. Very Very sweaty. Um, So as he's fixing the wash, he's pulling the clock or the lighting closer so he can really fucking work at it. You see him get tools out and Thorne is going to work on this. And he's like, I've got this new situation. This is my my uh, Heston voice. Okay. With this man. Simonson. Simonson. Yeah. And he's like, Simonson? He's high up there, my friend. Yeah, he's, like, how, he's like, what do you think happened? He's like, oh, it was assassination. Absolutely. It was made to look like a fucking robbery. How, how do you suppose it was an assassination? This looks clear cut. <laughs> Uh, like, you know, like a, just robbery, B&E. He's like, look, yeah, and he's like, look, the bodyguard just so happens to leave at the right time. And then all the security went down in the building for the first time in two years. And the weapon, it was made look like, like some punk would use, like a, a real assassin would use a, a fucking gun. Right. It's too, it's, it's just, it doesn't add, it's, it's, it's too perfect. It's got to be something going on with this. And so Hatch takes a minute there. He's like, interesting story. What did you take from there? Everything I could get my fingers <laughs> on. I wasn't nailed down. What did you bring back for me? And this is where we see that tag that we were talking about, the death benefit tag. I guess these, these are supposed to go to the next of kin. And then, then he was like, Shirley and his next of kin, he's just, she's just furniture. That's what Tab wanted. Yeah. He was like, can we please make sure of the Mexican? No. Takes the tag because he can make money off of it. 
we see how desperate the fucking cops are. Right. Well, how corrupt they are too. Yeah, they're very corrupt. And which that doesn't doesn't happen now in our twenty twenty two. No, there's nothing called uh, what is it called? Civil for- forfeiture. I don't know. It's called something like that, where they take the cars and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they divvied up fifty fifty. Like you're paying Wagner his cut out of your cut, and he's like, "Oh, Thorn, you." And then he, they, they like, well, and then they mentioned the oh, sure. Hatch has a moment there where he leans back in his chair. He's just like, "What kind of furniture he got in there? Grapefruit." <laughs> and then he does this gesture like suspenders is what I saw, but apparently they're <laughs> supposed to be tits. Yeah, well, apparently he's never seen a peach because well, that's Hatch what, calls him out on that because that's what I'd be for, looking for. Fuck the grapefruits, give me the peach. Give me the peach. Tuesday comes. And Saul is out. It's it's green. It's green. Soylent Green Day Tuesday. We brought it up earlier. Soylent Green is Tuesday. Tuesday is Soylent Green Day. And there's brother. just people fucking everywhere. We got the Mexican filter on. We got this marketplace where they're getting. There's, there's like these. They look like the kind of showers you had in high school. There's just these like fucking things in the middle. It's one single copper tube going up with multiple faucets coming yeah. out of and it. And you're given like a plastic bag. To fill your fucking yeah. ration of water for the week. You've noticed this is how I live my life. Like, I have <laughs> cartons of water. I go around and I collect water from my friends. So I'm pretty much living the soil and green life. What, do you have, like, well water? Is I have water? well water. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, that's not good. So, in fact, I remember one time I was at a place in Waterford, and I I, I didn't know they had well water. And I, drank, I spat it out and said, fuck this. I was Never like, mind. You know, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'll go get an Aquafina. <laughs> yeah. So Saul is just out there getting the rations. Thorne's still hot on the case, and he uh, Thorne he's like walking out on a belt because he suspects Tab right at this right. Moment. So he's trying to keep an eye on Tab, keeping tabs on Tab, keeping tabs on Tab. That's good. A tippy Tab, Tippy Tab. Oh shit! Uh, anytime he's in another movie, we're already gonna have to call it a Tippy Tab <laughs> episode. Uh, but even outside on this stairway, there's people sleeping on it. Yeah. Again, the overpopulation, no how they build it up. Uh. They don't do the thing where they're like in wrestling when you have an injured leg, but you forget it when you have to like do a super move to somebody for five minutes straight. Uh-huh. They keep this world consistent. People sleeping everywhere. Zargatha is non-existent because it's too overpopulated. They uh, would cluster. Driest of all alleys. There was no wetness at all in these alleys. Right. If a Zargatha came through, they would rip the Zargatha apart to eat it. Right. So he sees Tab go into his apartment. Leave his apartment. Lee, you're right. He does leave it. And then he goes in because he's going to break in and start rifling. Is Griffin? He's going <laughs> to... So he goes, he goes, and this is this is kind of, I guess you said, this would be a middle-class apartment, because it's an apartment. Yes. If you're poor, you, you just live on a stairwell. Exactly. If you are middle-class... You have a middle, roof over your head. Motor, little, little, lower middle-class would be sleeping on the staircase in the apartment building. <laughs> right. Middle-class is sleeping in the actual apartment. Right. I don't know what upper middle-class is. So even this rundown fucking flea-ret apartment has guards. A very and by a guard, you do mean a man, a fat, fat guy, man. a fat sweaty guy, and a wife beater with wearing hair. a tr- Trump's my president hat, yeah. uh, a American flag wife beater, and he has an eagle AR-50. tattoo on his arm, of course. And uh, he immediately just, he's like, "You can't come in here," and he flashes the badge because Thorn is a detective for the police, right. so that gets him in. I need to know where Tab uh, Littlefield. What was his name? Ted. 
Tab Fielding. Fielding. He goes up to the room. We, we go into Tab's apartment. We see he's got some furniture of his own. Yes. Sexy little black lady. And she's sucking us on a spoon of strawberry jam. My God, I've never seen someone suck a spoon so dry. Well, it was great acting because it's like we would just take this for granted. We'd just exactly. be like, we just eat half of it and throw it out in the trash. Who and the she's fuck just... do you know who takes spoonfuls of like jam and just <laughs> yeah. destroys them? And she gets the knock on the door and she like fucking hides. She, she did a tiny fucking thing of jam and she hides it. If you were to estimate based on what you know, because you're just so good at this. Yeah. Based on what you know, you're looking at that tiny jar of organic fruit preserves yeah. in a jar. How much do you think it would be? $124.99. Yeah, about 124 Ds? Or a dollar. I'm doing my, my, my prices right thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, fucking ta- uh, tab. Hunter. Thor- Thorn. Why did I say Hunter? <laughs> Thorne just barges in. Yeah. Starts, immediately starts griffining. He's just rifling through all the things. Like, hmm, I've never had this before. Eating shit. Right right in there. She's, like, trying to cover herself. She's got a she's got a little robe on and everything. She's making sure she's covered. Yeah. He's going opening drawers. And, again, this is a world where you have so little. And the police work hand-in-hand hand with the government. So you have to be incredibly careful how you tread, even if you're well-made. So Martha her, uh, uh, Tab's uh, furniture is called. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's Anyways, that's the phrase. Yeah, this is the phrase for the movie. Right. And she's just like, "Oh yeah, no, we are very lucky. Tab works for some very nice people." And she's like going through her cupboards, and she's like, "This is rice." She's showing off. She's right, like, jasmine rice. Jasmine rice. And he's Tell a, me when he's, it's a, he's amazed that they even have an incinerator. There was no payoff to that. I thought there was gonna be a payoff, but it's just she just noticed there's an incinerator. Right, because she hid the jar of jam, and then he goes into the bedroom, and she's like noticing she left the spoon out, right? Because she has got the little tea plate out to put the spoon on, and so she could really just like relax into her strawberry field forever. And he calls her into the bedroom, an incinerator. I've never seen anything like that. Does it smell like freshly cooked things in here to you? Oh, no, that thing doesn't work. It hasn't worked forever. And she's, like, looking over her shoulder at that spoon because she didn't get to put it away. So, yeah, she just basically reimplies that Tabby's just got a lot of friends that, you know, he works for a lot of good people, and that's why we're living so well that we're, as we are. And then he's like, okay, well, I've se- I've checked the place out. I'll be back for t- when Tab comes back. I'll- Completely inconspicuously holding one arm behind his back. <laughs> he has put himself in front of the you know the exit and everything. And Martha trying to like be cool and dissuading and everything. She's like, oh she wants God. to keep the jam so bad. She's willing to give the pussy up to fucking Thorn because she she gives a little implication. I don't know because we did learn that these women their first instinct is like any man who's in this house. It's like vampire rules. It's reverse vampire. Well, rules. I, yeah, I think it's they're brainwashing into this. Like, I, I it's agree. Like they're, they're, they're very. I mean, who knows when it starts? Like I said, this is a depraved world. These could be they could be children when they. Yeah, start I was gonna all, say they know. could have been uh, Jenna McCurdy into these situations where they're just taught this is just right. This is just what you do to make everybody else happy. Well, what's the other op- option? Living on a fucking stairwell. Of course. You can live just... on a stairwell, making other people miserable, or you can make people happy and live in a happier world. Right. It's a, it's a trade-off. Yeah. So she's just like, I just realized, and she's like kind of playing with her robe a little bit. 
I didn't offer you anything. By the time I would have asked. And then he goes, yoink. And then she looks at the fucking table. She's ready to go back for that jam, and yeah. it's gone. The spoon is gone. All right. So now this is the big feast. They've been waiting. Saul has been planning all day. He had to get that soylent to add a little flavor to it. Uh, this is almost a car chasing, but it is so beautiful, this movie in this setting. Like, watching people just enjoy food would usually be a car chase scene for me. Right. But in this movie, this scene is fucking good. Right. And we see that, like, limp, browning head of iceberg lettuce. They're putting just a few leaflets on the plate, yeah. and he's about to finger eat it. And then Saul comes over, <laughs> and in a fucking wooden case, he opens it, and it's got a golden fucking shrine around it. Yeah. Cutlery. Yeah. They break out the good cutlery when they have food instead of Soylent. Right. Because Soylent are just crackers. They are crackers, yeah. yeah. So, and they are just going. To, and Saul brings out, he's made this nice stew with the meats. Right. And they're just loving it, slurping on it, licking everything. It's so fucking good. And just seeing Charlton does this great scene where his first bite of like the stew that he puts into his mouth, it's like too hot, and you see him like almost coughing it up and everything, but holding it down because it's beef, and he's just like, I gotta eat this shit. Right. This is a good this is good. <laughs> and so while they're eating, he's like, Well, hey Saul, did you come up with any new info on Simonson? He's like You're not gonna talk about the apple? No. Because for dessert, they, they're snacking on those apples. Oh, yeah. And we've learned that Thorne has basically never had grown food. He's never had a fruit. He's really never had a vegetable. He, much barely, like you, he's never had a strawberry. That's right. Because he's amazed by that strawberry jam. We, we haven't seen this scene yeah. yet. That is yeah. coming up in a second yeah. here. But um, he's eating that apple, and he just goes in on the core. And he eats it all the way down to the stem. <laughs> right. And then, but yeah, I guess they're trying to play like uh, Saul's got false teeth because he can't even bite into the apple. He, he has to cut use it. his apple or his spoon. Yeah. And he, then he says, like, you got any info on Simonson? And we learned that Simonson started out as a lawyer. And he was in a practice that included Governor Santini. So there's a connection with the high ups in the government. And the new story that we turn on at the beginning of the movie told us that Santini was still very much big in, you know, the governorship. Our gubernatorial ship. That's a fun word. Like, how does governor turn into gubernatorial? I don't know. Uh, but even when we went into Hatcher's office, the reelect Santini, right there, should yeah. not be there. Yeah. Anyways. And then we learned he's moved into freeze-drying food with a, a company called Hallcox that got bought out by Soylent. This is the story of TikTok, by the way. It started as Holcox, then it got bought out by another company that ended up China becoming China owns TikTok, doesn't it? Yeah, the China. There was another company that China bought up that was already kind of getting into the mini video type thing, and then TikTok was like, "Oh, that's going to be good." So they bought it up for a shit ton of money, and then that became and the model. Yeah, now they're is. like, you know, monitoring you and all this shit. All the, there yeah. is a lot of trackers yeah. in their device, and we learned that Simonson was a member of the Soylent Green Board or the Soylent Board. And so he's like, hmm, there must be something to that Soylent. Okay, I'll look into that. And he's trying to tell Saul, like, I really need you to get in on these books. I really need you to work hard. And they have, like, kind of a love-hate relationship. And so he gets up, ah, oh, what are you doing making me work all this? And he's like, let me tell you something. And he pulls a spoon out of his chest got pocket. Lint and shit on it. It was the exact same thing I said. <laughs> yeah. And he just puts it right in his mouth. And Saul's eyes just fucking explode like a cartoon. And he's like, 
Strawberries. <gasps> 150D, Murray. <laughs> 25 off. You're so close. So close. So, yeah, and he just licks that spoon. And we just see Charlton Heston put on this face of, huh, he's got furniture, he's got rice, he's got an incinerator in his house, and he's got 150D worth of strawberries. Yeah, he's definitely involved with this. And I love this, too, because he's so, he, he's so far uh, gone from, like, the world of organic foods and everything that in a minute here we'll see that – He's just regurgitating things because he's like, I want strawberries in a moment. So he goes, hits the street, and he notices he's being tailed. So he runs up to there's a, there's a phone just for policemen. It's like locked up, opens it up and calls Hatcher. And he's like, look, I'm being fucking followed. I'm on to something. You know? Yeah. I told you, I think it's the bodyguard. I went to his place today, and he, I mean, come on. This guy, immaculate apartment. He's got... A refrigerator in there. I know. <laughs> Jasmine rice. Uh, furniture. Did I say furniture? Yeah. It's worth saying twice. Not yeah. grapefruit, <laughs> but still yeah. good. And jam. 150 D's worth. I'm telling you, there's something about that. I'll get back to you. So, yeah, and then. We cut o- yeah, we cut over to Hatch in his office. Like, oh, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. You should probably report in tomorrow morning. And then we pull out, and we see that goon that gave Gilbert the fucking pry bar is sitting in where with him. He looked like Dwight Yoakam to me. He did. Yeah. And he's got a fucking, all over his desk, he's just got red Soylent spread everywhere. Soylent red, if you will. So we're like, holy shit, Hatcher's in on it, man. We can't trust Hatcher now. And the guy's asking him, so the department wants to cooperate with the government, right? And he's like, you keep me with a hot flush with this Soylent Red, and I'll do whatever the fuck you want. All right. Soylent Red, take me to bed. Big handshake. Uh, fucking Creeper walks out. He grabs one of those crackers and starts going to town. He's like, fuck yeah, man. Uh, then we cut to, we're back at Cheryl's place. Because she's still got, the, she, well, she, well, she lives there. She's furniture. She's owned by the building. And we see there's a party going on with all the other furniture. They get, they get one day off a month. To do yeah. whatever they want to do. This looked like a Willie Dynamite scene. It did. Yeah. And they're smoking, some, they're drinking, smoking. They've got fucking just like eight ounce glasses full of hard liquor. Right. These girls are getting well, fucked. Well, if you lived their life, you'd want to get fucked up. I agree. You know? Many of these women, Cheryl's made it seem like, and based on what we've seen. Cheryl got lucky. Cheryl got lucky, yeah. yeah. She's living an okay life. She's not drinking. He probably all- couldn't even get his dick up, so he was just like, just live with me. You that know? might be true. Or, you know? Yeah. So cause we, yeah, we, cause we see what, what else could happen to you later on in the movie. But, yeah, and then fucking Thorne kicks the door in. He's just like, yeah, you hear him knocking. Hey, babe, it's me. It's me. DDP. <laughs> the <laughs> Grinch is here. He's got this fucking little sack with him. <laughs> he did have a sack. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and then he just walks in. Oh, that looks nice. Grabs a drink out of a woman's hand. She's standing over at the bar because Smithsonian had a bar, and uh, he grabs it. Again, tall fucking glass, full of bourbon, ice cubes. Oh, my God, I haven't seen an ice cube. This is like cold celery. Yeah. I've had celery just last night. 
<laughs> and he's he's just th- sidling his fingers through it, just feeling those ice cubes, taking big swigs of it, walking around the room, touching the girl's hair, smelling it. He's like, my God, he's in heaven. Grabs a cigarette right out of this between this girl's finger. Hit takes a fucking long ass drag. If I on was it. rich, I would smoke two or three <laughs> of these a day. Right, and you gotta remember, this was movie was like seventy three where everybody smoked, so right. they were laughing. So I smoke three packs a day. How crazy is that? All of these women are basically stone silent. They don't know what to do. Right. Maybe it was their training again, yeah. because these uh-huh. people have probably been groomed, yeah, uh, since they were young, and so they're just. There's a man being very manly in their presence, so they're just like stone cold, just frozen. And then she looks. So he looks over to Cheryl. And goes bedroom <laughs> conversation now. Shuts right. the door. You hear the lock. You hear the fucking deadbolt. You hear the extra deadbolt go, and you hear the fucking light flicker for the sh- you know nice. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Disco ball lighting and everything. It's yeah, freaky this, time. Well, right? this, well, this it's creepy time because this is a very creepy scene. Because you're liking Thorne right now. Right. Or were you up till now? Right. Well, again, he's very griff, like you said. So yeah. I'm very much <laughs> like into this. Yeah. They're gathering water like I do. They're fucking grabbing little trinkets like I do. Uh, but now we're getting into the ter- territory. Just like... Right. Uh, Taylor in Planet of the Apes where I was like, oh, I kind of like him. And then that moment where I was like, I hate him. (laughs) This is the moment where I'm like, I hate him. And third movie in a row, I think it was written in his contract, Heston has to get shirtless. So maybe they just added this scene just because he had to be. He's like, we need a shirtless scene. I don't know what we could do. Yeah. So he's just like, all right, I'm going to question you, and I want you in bed while we're doing it. Yeah. So she does, and she just, like you said, she's been groomed this way. So she just... Yep. No complaints. She starts taking her clothes it's off. It's so subtle. I kind of like how they did it. They didn't pause on it for a moment or anything because it really helps to uh, inform you that this is the conditioning she's under. He's walking to the far side of the bed and says, yeah, I got a few questions. Get get in bed. Yeah. And she start like, I was so confused because I was doing the notes. I didn't notice that line had occurred. And I was like, oh, she's just so fucking into Charlton that she's getting naked. Because she's letting her hair down, she's opening up, she's like taking off the comforter and everything. Well, she is. I there. I, I think there is some kind of attraction. She's like, well, if I gotta fuck somebody, at least it's the guy I'm attracted to. Because I mean, she does warm to him later on in the movie. She does, and uh, so and he's just taking. He keeps the fucking far fucking kerchief on, but he takes everything else off. He hops in a bed. This is a fucking good look. I think I'm gonna adopt this. I was trying to find something I could wear to be the <laughs> kerchief for me for this episode because I really wanted to. He embodied me for this movie. I wanted to body him. For the podcast, and I didn't find anything. Right. And he's like, "Did he have any friends or family that came in?" Oh, oh no, he really didn't have anybody. Well, there was a few different people. I mean, there was recently Tempter. He came around, and then there was Tompkins, Paul F. Tompkins, of course, <laughs> greatest podcaster of all time. After us, and then there was this guy called Santini. He's like the governor. Yeah, he was nobody. Yeah, and then she's just like she probably isn't even allowed to watch TV. All right, so she doesn't know what's going on outside. Her whole world is just a fucking apartment. Well, we already know she plays fucking uh, uh, Under Siege Two or whatever yeah. it was. Oh, Pong. oh Shark Attack Two. Shark I think Attack is what it was. Two. I think yeah. it was something like that. Yeah, something like that. That's a long reference. That right is there. a reference. It's, like it's a Wonder Woman reference. Yeah, yeah. check that episode. Yeah, out. check that episode out. So and he's like, and get this. 
the last few weeks, he got really into church, and he was like taking me to church all the time. This is really interesting because I'm sure the person who did the screenplay and everything was probably a religious person. It's like America's getting too far away from you know God and all that shit, right. like we're doing now, and now we have this crazy Supreme Court who's like, no, the church is the way. Anyways, but yeah, she's like, yeah, this fucking. Well, we've like you said, we've already established it's very godless the world we're living in, you know. So that's why it was so strange that he's going to church. Yeah, because they're they're living a very especially for rich people. Right. It's like once you hit a certain threshold, it's like you only have yourself to thank because you yourself are God. Right. And she's like, yeah, it was weird, and then he just. Eventually, he just wouldn't even touch me, and he was crying all the time. I'm not used to my man crying on me. I'm used to him, like, throwing me over the bed. And just as he's putting his carcass on top of her, Charlie Burson, what's going on here? The the doorman slash pimp. What's going on? And then she's like, oh, fuck. So Charles, by the way, is in the room. He's slapping cigars out of women's mouths, taking the drinks, throwing them into the fireplace and all that. Thorne walks out, pulling his pants up. He's like, what's going on here? You know, these women should feel lucky they got this job. We give them off. We give them one day a month off. Most people don't even get that off. And look at what they're doing. And he's like, I, and then he covers, like, Thorne covers from, he's like, I convened them all here to question them. All right? He's like, oh, oh, I, I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. It's because he's just a fucking toady bitch, you know? He is, yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, yeah, why don't you get the fuck out of here and let me do my job? This was a really fucking good. It was intense. And it's like, is he kind of starting to commiserate with these women? Because clearly there's hostility against, you know, Thorn and these women. Because he's living a fucking sweaty, awful life. But, and- yeah, you're right. But he also recognizes... Uh, they live just as much a desperate life as I do. And because this, I got to solve my cases, they have to fuck these creeps. Right. And I think there was, was such a fucking beautiful, like, not really punch you in the face kind of uh, connection that was made here. He was kind of starting to realize, like, I've been calling this bitch a f- furniture this whole time. I've been calling this bitch furniture. <laughs> That's I I mean that seriously for the context yeah. of this movie, or yeah. it's just like they get it so fucking good, you know. Yeah. And based on the world, there is we're yeah, there is still a little bitterness because yeah, exactly. of this line you're gonna say, right? And so he's like, Thorne is getting ready to leave. He's like, I gotta get out of here, babe. You know, right. I've got nothing left to give to you, furniture. And then she's like, I've got hot water. He's like, hot water. I've never felt hot water before. Right. I, got I felt celery water. I, <laughs> and she's like, but this, this is another great scene where it's just how like fucking shitty their life is. He doesn't care at all about sex. He's like, a bath? Yeah. I'm tempted by that. I yeah. was ready to walk out. I was going to fuck you, and I was like, I don't even care anymore. Yeah, she is clearly ready to throw her body at him. <laughs> And you would think that Charlton and, you know, obviously with the context of uh, our society and everything, be like, yeah, you fucked a woman that wants clearly giving you the okay consent, let's say. Right. Uh, and he's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm going to go. Right. I can give you a hot shower. Yeah. What? <laughs> and then she's like, and a rub down? Maybe if we have time after the shower. Right. So then we get a scene. They're in this very futuristic shower. It's like a 
pebbled glass, yeah. kind of circular thing. Based on what they're showing us here, they never even get to the rub down. They just have the shower and right. they laugh. Right. Kayla was very happy to see that. Okay. She thought that was a very wonderful. So moment. he's got to lead the church. So he heads down to the nearest church. And, and, he's, and he's there. There's the child crying on the, 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 foot, the front step of the church. And we pull out. And he's, he's got a little tether. Like, tether around his arm. It's connected to a dead woman. Oh, man. And he's, just like, and he's just like, he's seen this a million times. He just unties the kid, throws him over his shoulder, and walked into the church. Another perfect moment. We didn't need to do five minutes of the woman like in her last dying breath or anything. Yeah. It's a very impactful scene. Just a child crying, takes it, brings it in. He walks in and goes, sister, there's a nun. He's like, take this kid, another orphan for you. They threw it around like a football. It was kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know. Little... And we see the floor is just covered with bodies. This is, uh, the church is full. And, we, and he's like, uh, I need to talk to the priest, Father Paul. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll go get him. And we see... This, this guy, very familiar guy. We saw him last week playing Zachary. Are you trying in- to say this is Charlton Hessen's Steve James? Um, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Interesting. And he walks up and he's he, fixing. He's uh, just a out of it. He's totally out of it. He's trying to fix the springs on a bunk bed right here. And yeah, you can tell that this man is exhausted. Again, right. he's trying to be an elevated man in this world. He's trying to offer people some kind of guidance, some kind of peace in their world, and obviously this is a miserable world. That is a fucking huge task. And Thorne brings up Simonson, and at first he's like, I- I've never heard of Simonson. I don't know who you're, what you're talking about. He's probably, he's playing dumb. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything, like, it's going through the filter of him just looking at everybody he needs to help. And he's just like. Well, also, he's got a burden because he knows the secret Simonson carries. There's that, too. We're going to learn about that in yeah. a minute here. And he's just like, I, 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 I can't help you. I got, I've, I got to deal with these people. And he's like, Thorne's like, all right, I'll be back in the morning. Right. He's like, he brings up that, oh, my God. Yeah. The rich man, he did come here and he did talk to me. And so Thorne's like, yeah, come on. Tell me what he told you about. No, I got to go sit down. And he goes and sits down. And they have that nice Star Trek lighting on him. And he's just staring up into it. And you can see he's just done. So Thorne checks in with Hatcher, goes back to the precinct. And then Hatcher's like, hey, that case you're doing, Simonson, just close it. Case is closed. It was an open and shut robbery. He's like, no, I'm on to something here. I refuse to fucking close this case. Uh, well, you're going to have to go ahead and close it. I mean, shit. I mean, the governor's men himself are over here. and eh, They're right. It's You got to close it. And then he's like, fuck that. I'm not signing off on that. And he walks out. And then the guy's like, hey, Thorne, you're on riot control duty. He's like, oh, fuck. And so they hand him these football helmets. It's a football helmet. Like yeah. an old – actually, it was a little more padded than an old-school 70s helmet because it even had the face guard on well, it. Well, it's futuristic. Of course it's padded. Yeah, you're right. No CTE in the future. Interesting. All right. So now we're cutting to Donovan. Uh, so Donovan is the goon that we've been talking yes, about, he's, the he's government the goon. goon. And, and this, this is where I, this is where I said the arbor, arbitrorium. Arbor, yeah, yeah the it's just, trees. it was literally like an inflatable like housing thing with like two like three like Charlie Brown Christmas trees in it. Right. 
And that's like all that's all the trees in New York City. That's probably where Central Park was originally supposed to right. be or something like that. So that was one of the highlights of my family vacation. We went to the Meyer Gardens. Oh wow. So if you're on the west side of Michigan. Isn't that in Grand Rapids? Yes. Like have, the, is that where you were? No, no, no. We were in Pentwater. Okay. People are riveted right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, so on the way out there, we stopped by there okay. because my brother has the three younger kids. So they were like, that'll be a good way to like break up the trip. And uh, it was really cool. So if anybody, if any of our listeners happen to be in lower uh, west Michigan, yeah, go ahead and check out Meyer Garden. It's pretty cool. So we, he's letting us, the governor, Santini, know this storm guy, he's going to be trouble, man. He refuses to shut this case. And he's he's gotten to the Paul Father Paul, and then like classic Trump move, mob boss move. I know nothing. I see nothing. Just take care of it. I don't need to hear any details. Yep. Do whatever you have to do. Just I don't. These trees need to be watered. I'm gonna go water. So now we go back to the church and we see our man Tab. He's like, oh, and there's a big line for the, at the confessional, and we're like, oh, he's. He he's so guilty. He's gonna admit some shit. That's gotta be it. That's gotta be it. Right. And he walks in, and fucking Paul is catatonic in the. He's just literally staring off in his space in the confessional booth. Yeah. And then we see he pulls out this little gun, just shoots Paul right in the head. Silencers in this age, yeah. Whew, they are good. They get if you, Jack. They they they've improved silencers in the Southern right. Green area. I can't believe. I, I you love, guys don't know. We actually did a whole long thing in our episode you're never going to hear where Jack explained silencers to us. Right. But yeah. we did do in the episode we did put out <laughs> where he talked about that fucking fog light rifle he had. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Oh, that was in uh, Omega Man. Yeah. He had the fog light. But we talked about it in the Magnum episode right. that we did release. That was that's, that's why he's our weapon master. Anyways. Uh, so, so now we're at the we're at uh, Town Square. Yeah, where they, we, we learned that people have run out of Soylent Green for the day. I guess it's the next Soylent Green Tuesday. Right. And we've got, you know, we saw this scene before, but now we're seeing a little bit more of it. Everybody's got various Soylent Green, or not green, but yellow and red. And there's even a blue one in there. Yeah. But they had, like, various foods for wear. Not anything organic, just, like, buns in the shape of Soylent. And we saw, and yeah, they were Soylent buns, they said Yeah. That. And we got Soylent Crumbs. The shit they just scrape off the bottom of the factory. Yeah. Two Ds a kilo. It's like cheese curds. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they looked a little too familiar to another yeah. food to me, but I don't yeah, want to yeah. talk about They looked that. a little shrimpy to me. Yeah, yeah I don't want to talk about it. So, yeah. And so, the, yeah, his uh, superior's like, fuck, Thorne. They ran out. I'm going to have to tell these guys. He's like, what the fuck? They're going to riot. He's like, I know. I called in the scoopers. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and like let everybody know discreetly, and we're going to make the announcement in a minute here to everybody that we're running out of the green. And then like uh, Thorne walks out of the screen, and then we see a familiar face, Gilbert, in the background. We're like, what the fuck's he up to? And so we're making the announcement now. Hey, everybody, time to go home. The green is out. And people, people are like, I've been here all fucking day in line. Fuck this. And they start fucking pummeling. I mean, whatever feces they can produce, they're chucking <laughs> at the fucking police now. We see a shot of the police being pushed through just a window. And it, everything looks like it's going to be anarchy. And you hear the guy say, we've got the scoops coming. We've got the scoop. And I'm like, what is the fucking scoop? What is the fucking scoop? Well, here's scoop? the scoop, Griff. 
it's more garbage trucks <laughs> with like little front loaders on them. Oh and they start scooping up, a perfect name, scooping up people and throwing them in the back of the garbage it truck. It was so good. I was so happy by this reveal. And then while that's going on, we see Gilbert's trying to wake his way to fucking Thorn. Yeah, he takes a shot at Thorn. And Thorn happens to be handling somebody in front of him who gets shot in his stead. Right. And he sees it. And then it's like there's like a, he pulls his gun out and there's like a shootout. People are just getting, there's so many people. People are getting shot. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Thorne does get shot in the calf. And, at one moment, I thought it was like right at the end. Yeah, he get because he he like corners uh, Gilbert and he two gets different sh- times. Gilbert tries to take a shot at him and he's like moving somebody out of his way so they get a bullet for him. And then it wasn't until he gets to Gilbert. That he like turns him around. Gilbert falls backwards, and Thorn goes for his gun. Gilbert goes for his gun, and Gilbert shoots him in the ankle. And Thorn isn't able to shoot him because of his ankle. But he's got him pinned down, so he's like, "I'm going to arrest him." And just as he's about to get up and arrest him, a scoop just comes down on Gilbert and splatters him. And he's like, "Fuck!" All right, and then we cut over to Tab. And, of course, he's getting back home from a hard day's work of murdering a fucking <laughs> priest, you know, yeah. priest. And he's just like, what am I doing? Is it really worth 150 D's worth of strawberry jam? And then he goes to Martha. Why wasn't the door locked? And just as she's about to say something, Thorn, Ki-yay! the fucking Captain Kirk level stunt double steps in yeah. with the bad gray wig. This is a really interesting fight, though, because it's two elderly men. Is that what? Two elderly men. Yeah. Tab refuses to punch an uh, officer of the law. Well, because much like in, he knows, much like the world we live in now, yes, they're, they're standing their ground. Just like the January 6th riders, they respect the police, and they just yeah. will never touch except, them. Yeah, except when they don't. Except when they don't. And, yeah, and like, uh, fucking Thorne's getting so into it. He's like, I'm going to slap a woman, too. He just slaps Martha just for the hell of it. He's just beating the shit out. And then that sets off Tab. He's like, don't fuck my furniture off. Right. So then he starts throwing. Feng Shui. Right. He starts punching the shit out of fucking Thorn, and they're going back and forth. Right. And eventually, I mean, come on. This is a Heston's movie after all. So Thorn does get the edge on him. He, he's got him down on the ground. He's everything. And he's asking him, demanding of him, did Soylent buy you out? Did they buy you all those fucking fancy-ass strawberries? Stay off my back. You have anything out of that? That's it. That's you you, you just had the clint in your eyes, like, oh my god, you forgot <laughs> something. He threw oh. the jasmine rice down his throat. Said, "Choke on that, fuck." Wow. Yeah. So he's like, "I need, I, I'm in. Tr- I got his injury. I need a woman to minister to me. Who do yep. I know? Cheryl. Cheryl. And of course, she's getting out of the shower. I can't hear you. I'm wearing a towel. Another Simpsons reference. And he's just like, "Here, take care of this." So she just like. Puts a Band-Aid on this bullet wound in his fucking calf. And he's she all, does give him a rub down, too. And they're, they're talking over the case a little. They, and and maybe, she's like, why can't we just fucking leave? Get the fuck out of here. Go to the country. Like, the country? That's more heavily guarded than the fucking cities. You know a, a fucking farmland is? Have you ever tried to fucking intrude on a Tyson farm or a Purdue farm? They'll fucking murder you on the spot. It's even worse than we have it here. You want me to go to another city? Same same fucking story, different type of weather. 
Well, right. maybe not different type of weather, but anyways. And he's like, look, I got to get the fuck out of here. And she's like, well, the new tenant's going to be coming tonight to check check it out. He's like, hey, he'll like you. You're a hell of a piece of furniture, babe. Gives a little nudge on the chin. He walks out. Yeah. And then she tells him, this is, this is an interesting moment. I hate that you undersold it. Because he <laughs> says, don't worry about it. You're a great piece of furniture. I'll respect you. And he tries to walk out the door, and she goes, don't. Don't talk to me that way anymore. Well, because he said it very condescendingly. He did. He did. And you see that he is broken. And he's like, you're right. Okay. So what's Saul been up to, Griff? Well, I'll tell you what he's been up to. He has gone. There's this library of elders, apparently. It's in this room. It's called the Book Exchange, and only authorized books are allowed. Right. And there are these. uh, Did you know? Did you recognize the woman in this scene? From Happy Gilmore? No, she was not in Happy Gilmore. I don't know then. She's T'Pau, who was on the f- the Vulcan on the famous uh, Star Trek episode where Spock has to go back to his planet to fuck. And then she's like the Vulcan elder. And really? he has to fight Kirk. Interesting. All right. So, yeah. So he brings the oceanography books to these people. Correct. And they're looking over them. And they said... Straight to work, and they're just like, these truths that are in this book, this is this is some overwhelming shit. Right. There's so much evidence, but really, we do need some kind of in-our-hands proof. This doesn't quite say it. And they're being very, like, shy about giving us too many details right. here, but... They're telling us they found something severe. So then after this, it wasn't the movie wasn't depressing enough right now. We get a very depressing scene where we meet the new tenant for Cheryl, who's the classic creep. He's just like he's seventies leisure, fucking yeah. mad. What what's that show? Mad Street or whatever. You're not talking Mad Men, are you? Mad Men. That was the fifties. Oh, it was fifties. Yeah. But he did look like he was right out of there. And he's got that objectification, and he's got the "you're my furniture." And well, he's like, I've been on a list for two years to get one of these apartments. Yeah, and I'm gonna fucking love it here. And he's like, you know, I think I'm gonna like you because I I have a lot like two like three to four times a week I have guests over. Sometimes for business. Murray, I, I got this whole memory scene memorized. This memory, memory scene, scene memorized. memorized. Okay. So he sits down and he's like, you know what I like in the morning. Two eggs, over easy, bacon, pretty black, uh, toast, also black. And, you know, there's going to be times where I have men over. Sometimes I want you to be smart and sophisticated. Nice dress, slid up the leg, very smart, not slutty. Other times, there will be other men over, and we need a fun girl. A fun girl. Are you a fun girl? girl so we cut back and we're just like oh shit what's gonna happen to poor Cheryl head back to Saul he's been devastated by the news this is this was kind of abrupt I think we could have used a little more of a scene to I would have this. appreciated a little bit more about Saul I yeah. think even Kayla said this like wait what yeah so he heads out there are these these uh, buildings where they give people assisted suicide now here's another thing this is what I love about my sci-fi. Take a societal thing and stretch it out. Climate change. They do it in this movie. Overpopulation. They do it in this movie. Sister suicide. 
This is something I'm very much for. So am I. Well, so, hey, this Jack scene, of Orkian is from our fucking neck of the woods. Right. And I'm very much if, for this type of thing. Well, yeah, because isn't that what freedom supposed to be about? You can choose when you want to end your just, life. I was just going to say, it's like, I feel like this is a, a very much a liberal type issue where we all agree on it. But right. conservatives are supposed to be the people who are individual rights. What more individual right than to say, I'm good. I've got nothing left to offer the world. I'm quite happy. Well, it's with not what even it. that. It's like I, I, I didn't mean people, it. People. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I agree with you. I think even if you're healthy, it's your life. Do what you want with it. Yeah. But I'm going to go serious for a moment. Cause I'm going to explain because people who are like anti-assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had a stroke, okay, and we it infected her ability to swallow. Yeah. So we knew she's – and we, we, we held out hope. We were hoping she would recover from it, but eventually it's like, no, she's not going to recover from yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the humane – the humane, I'm using air quotes, yeah. but we take care of people who, who instead of assisted suicide where you just inject them with something and then they just go to sleep and die. So what they do is – they dope you up. We took her home because why have her die in a hospital? They dope you up on morphine. Not to and, mention you probably like how you afford it too. No, dope you up on morphine and stop feeding you. Oh. She was on a she was on a feeding tube, obviously, because she couldn't swallow. Yeah. So that's the humane way we kill people. We just fucking have them starve to death. Right. You exist on this mortal coil. That's it. You don't have so it any. was it was so fucking stressful because when you start die starvation that's when you die when you die so we never knew when it was, and and it make it even worse my mom stayed with my my grandmother it was her mother okay. we went to a funeral of another relative and she died while we were at the funeral so wow. I was glad my mom was at least there to say goodbye to her. Yeah. So that's a humane way, people. So Jack of Orkney was just a madman. He was a sicko. Yeah. I, I, I hate that whole idea. If you are of the able mind to say, like, I'm ready to go. or Well, if, if you, you have fucking, like, ALS or some horrible degenerative fucking disease, why do you have to go through that? Right. I was just going to say, I mean, obviously you can't predict what might happen that suddenly conks you out. I can't imagine a fate where if my because my grandma went from being perfectly capable of talking, living on her own, to I cannot speak, I cannot walk. If she hung on for two years, that would have been the most devastating two years of my life. Right, and I think it would have been hard for her, and I think it would have been hard for everybody. Yeah. And it doesn't bring me any joy to say, "Oh yeah, she should off herself," but I don't think that is uh, a bad outcome for everything so, so now we got to talk so about this yeah funny again so th- me and griff are in agreement this is actually seems like a fucking okay place so, like, <laughs> like, yeah this is what i love about sci-fi because they're though. respectful of people it's not you know like, i mean 70 sci-fi gets it so or like 50 60 70 sci-fi i feel like gets it so much better where they Put the issue that's of conversation and just, like, gives you an outcome of it. Like, here's a possibility of it. A building where Saul can go to, and, of course, the woman opens... On top of it, we're like, what the fuck did Saul find out that he just wants to kill himself? Right. Because you immediately get those vibes. And Kayla kept yelling at me, is he killing himself? Is he killing himself? And I was like, Kayla, please stop. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch the movie. Kayla. Um, But she, uh... She, uh... 
Um, you notice the woman opens the door. It's all dark, and she's there. Heavenly glow. White. Dressed in white. Come hair flowing. Air conditioning. Just hitting them in the face. Yeah. It's over 95 degrees. Before I got to point out, that was another thing that Thorne does when he takes a bath. He's like, crank this fucking AC up, and he's just putting his face up against it. Yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. yeah, he was pulling his kerchief down. <laughs> it's so like, I don't need this neck. copper shit. Fuck that. Yeah, far copper. So, yeah, so Saul walks in, and then we, I start asking him some questions. And one of the, two of the main questions was, what's your favorite color? Which Saul says orange. And what music do you want played? Mm. We still at this time don't know that this is a suicide place. We don't know what's going on. Right. We're supposed to not know. I and so my question to you, Griff, is when you, if you had well, this suicide, what's your, what's your color? What's your song? It's going to be green. And it will probably, I know I'm going to sound like a fu- fucking asshole here, but it would probably be uh, uh, Pink Floyd's Echoes. Okay. I w- see... If I'm going by my favorite color, it's probably black, but that, that's, not, that's not a color. It, they would have no lights turned on. This is on. the darkness. So I, I darkness imprisoning me. I prefer uh, cooler colors, like greens, blues, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Because you, you've never seen me like bright colors. Yeah, no. But I think... Not today. I think... Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, green's not... Yellow is bright, but not green. So I'm halfway. Okay. Um... The song would be Shores and Flames by Bathory, which is a Viking funeral song. Mm. So I think I'd have to have I, – this isn't my color, but I think I'd have to have red because I'm dying. I'm either going to hell or Valhalla, so I need the flame-like thing. Yeah. So I think I would go red. Do you want Hasselhoff there to – No, I didn't want Hasselhoff. <laughs> but speaking of which, I'm working on a very Hasselhoff-related thing. You might, you might be hearing in a week. News to me. Yeah, I'm working on it. So uh, that would be my thing. But so Saul, he picks orange, and he I, he picked some kind of classical music. We all know. Light. He says classical, and then he goes oh, light, and the guy just goes, "Yeah, sure, I think we can figure it out." I thought he was gonna put on like some Kmart Muzak from the '80s or something. Next thing we know, we see him. He's stripped naked. He's laying on a bed, and. <laughs> He's, he's surrounded by these robed, creepy people. This was too. I weird. think these were the Mormons. I would like this. Jenna McCurdy's a Mormon. Uh, I would have liked. this. You know to, a lot about this Jenna McCurdy. Person. I've never I've heard. I've been of. reading the book yeah. while listening to the book, <laughs> and I learned that she was Mormon and that okay. she slept on a fucking Costco mat because her mom had cancer and she went crazy and became a hoarder, and so the rooms became uh, just full of shit. So they had to sleep in the living room on fucking like oh, gym mats. Sounds great. Yeah. Awful. Sounds very soil and green. Soil and green. I, I think, know that's kind of working in, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we're like, we're still like, what the fuck is happening <laughs> with Saul? Cut to Thorn. He comes back to the apartment. What do I tell Saul about this woman I fucked? And he finds a note. I'm heading home. And it was on one of those things. What do you call it? The, the things you have as a kid, where it's like. The piece of like wax paper you draw and you can pull up and like it disappears. The uh, writing. Yeah, I, the closest thing I can relate to is like an Etsy sketch yeah. where you write into the magnet or whatever and the, the little pieces of metal. Right. But it was kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, it did look exactly like that. Yeah, because it was, again, it was that pen and paper. Right. Not not an. You abundance. think he would have used that beautiful pencils he's got and to do I it and then of, calligraphy i think it's interesting you say that because i thought that was the moment for him to use the pen and paper or not pen but pencil and paper yeah. and he chose to use the etch-a-sketch instead so i was like is this a slight dig at him 
and then Thorne's like, "Fuck!" He he knows immediately what this means. Maybe they had conversations about this. Maybe. Like what's like maybe he was sick and he was like, "What's going to happen to me?" We right. don't know. So he arrives. He bursts his way into the fucking room. He goes full Taylor from Planet of the Apes here. He's just pushing the fucking people out. Where is Saul Goldenberg? Solenberg. Saul Roth. Roth. And they're like, oh, he's over here. David and, Saul Roth, actually, yeah. was his name. Okay. okay. And <laughs> when I listen back to this, I'm like, oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, what just happened. Uh, um, but, yeah, he happens into the realm. The guy's trying to be like, oh, you can't bother him anymore. Try to close the fucking window on him. Yeah, there's, there's, an there's an observation room. I guess, I guess you want that with your family. No, I think that would be. So not only do you get the color you want, you get an IMAX experience. It's just this, He's watching like a fucking nature documentary. Yeah. What would you have on your, your play? I, I'm assuming this hardcore porn. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Or maybe just people being sucking on toes, maybe. What? Why would I, I have that? I don't know. Says, what about me says I would have that on? <laughs> no, I, I think I would play maybe my favorite movie. One of my Puma Man? Movies. Yeah, I'd play Puma. <laughs> no, I would either. I would, I would probably play uh, uh, There Will Be Blood or uh, No Country for All Men. Okay. Just go out. Or you know what? I would just watch a Twitch stream of some playing a <laughs> yes, video game. exactly what you would watch. Yeah, that's what I would. Just ask Kayla. I was having a hard time sleeping last night. I turned on a fucking Twitch stream right to sleep. So you know what? That's what it would be. I watched some weirdo with bald, long hair, but bald, curly, redheaded, playing Gauntlet. Did you ever play Gauntlet for NES? Is is that the one where you're on like a flying bird? You got that's Joust, isn't it? Joust is the bird one. That's like an older. Well, I think Gauntlet might have been a Gauntlet sounds familiar. Gauntlet is a top down. You move like one of five different characters: wizard, warrior. Everybody like throws a little weapon, but your hit points tick constantly, and you have to traverse like a bunch of different maps and everything. Okay, it's kind of a cool game. It sounds familiar. Anyways, back to the movie. So he's just like. You know, and you can tell like this was a very touching scene. I could you can tell because here's the, here's the kicker for you, Griff. Edward G. Robinson, that's the guy playing Saul. You know, I told you five Thank times. You. Yeah, I did. I forgot. He died right. At, this is his final scene he ever filmed, and he died before this movie came out. That's so crazy. He had cancer. Yeah, he knew this was his last movie. So uh, there was a bond, a real life bond between Charlton Heston and Edward G. Robinson because they were in fucking the Ten Commandments together. Oh, interesting. Where's your messiah now? <laughs> Didn't talk like that, you son of a bitch. So he's like, I gotta f- fucking talk to this guy. He's like, okay. They so they pipe him through. A little light pops on that says, "You can now speak." <laughs> yes. And so they start talking to each other. This is a fucking. This really was a fucking good ass thing. Again, this movie is really fucking good. And Saul, he's like, we don't. At this point, we're like. We don't know if he's doped up on drugs. What's going on with him? And he's just like, Simonson, prove, prove it, Thorne. Go to the exchange. Prove it. Yeah. And he's like, what? Tell me. And then all of a sudden, the fucking thing cuts out. And he's like, get me on this fucking guy. They hand him some earbuds. They're like, here, yeah, try yeah. this out. They say that, oh, yeah, we, you, uh, the speaker broke, so you have to put on these headphones. And this is a very clever little thing they do right. here. But then the two of them keep communicating. And again, we're you watching. You see, like, like Saul's mouth, like, lips moving, but you don't hear what he's saying because only Thorne yeah. can hear. And we're hearing the light classical get louder and louder. And we're seeing the IMAX. And remember, 
Thorne has never seen like the beauty that we're seeing here. Nature, deer, waterfalls, green, uh, you know, all that. So he's like just being fucking overwhelmed because this is a world, 1984, that he's not shown. So he's getting to see it for the first time. He's like, what the fuck is all this? And Saul's telling him, I told you. I told you this existed. This is it. This is the world I used to live in. Right. And it's there's, incredible. There's tears in their eyes, and then Saul dies. But he tells he tells something to Thorn. Then, then it's like, I mean, I guess it just shows how. I think like, the last thing we hear is he tells him like, "Go to the exchange or something." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like there's this, this like little door inside the IMAX theater. He pushes his body on the bed through this door. Right. The beautiful music. The IMAX just stops. A red light. And- <laughs> They push him through a fucking... And then so Thorne, like, goes out back, sneaks around back, and he sees that they're loading up bodies, including Saul's body. They're wrapping them in, like, white shrouds yeah. and loading them up in garbage trucks. If you've ever seen people, like, load up fries and cheeseburgers at a fast food restaurant, that's what this looks like. They're just, like, tossing the bodies into the fucking fry carton and throwing it down the assembly line for the next person to pick up and put in the next spot. So he jumps on the back of the garbage truck and then makes his way up on the top, and, he, and then he rides out to this, this like plant out on the outskirts of town. We see them get stopped at Nice security, barbed wire everywhere. John Moxley's being suplexed. He's fucking shimmying around. He's Blood bleeding all everywhere. over the place. He's I saw, got, they actually showed him blade. It was pathetic. His best friend Nick Gage is cutting his tongue with a pizza cutter. And he like rolls off. Once he gets through, he rolls off and he starts investigating. And much like what well, we've felt for the past 40 years in Detroit, even though there's like there's needs for jobs. It's all automation. There's no people in this factory. Yeah, we're always talking, always talking about abandoned factories. This is not an abandoned factory. And yet, it is an abandoned factory. Yes. How strange. What is this about the world of 2022 where we have factories, but we don't employ people in them? And we see these bodies getting loaded on a conveyor belt. And these get dumped into this vat of water, this giant vat of water. And then Thorne goes off to the other side of the assembly line, and he just sees Soylent Green on this conveyor belt going through. Right. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he finally gets spotted. The only jobs there are security. So they spot him. And Runs off to some catwalks and everything. Throws some people off some catwalks. That's right. One guy dies on the conveyor belt of Soylent Green. And oh. then he gets. He manages to get escape. He jumps on another fucking truck that's leaving. Right. So he's outside of the whole building now, and he's found. He found. Yeah, finds because there's all these like instead of pay phones, there's just no, phones. These actually them. existed in real life. They're like police phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just calls into Hatcher because he's like, I got, I know what's 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 going on. I've solved the case. Right. And Hatcher's like busy, so he's like, fuck. Well, well. Get me to Cheryl. Can you, he gives Cheryl's number. Yeah. She picks up, and he's, she, she's just, he's just like, fucking, she's like, I, I've met the new guy. I hate him. I just want to leave. He's like, no. This is the best you're going to get. Yeah. Stay where you are. Right. And she's like, no, I love you. And he's like, no. And then, he get, then, then Hatcher finally gets cut in. And so, he's, yeah, they don't have a long conversation. We Hatch cuts right in there, and the only thing you get out, because people start shooting at Thorn. Is help me, right? 
And then so he starts, he's running through, he, starts, he makes his way back to the church, he's getting shot at, I think he gets shot. He gets shot several times, and those bullets don't pass through. He's selling them, and he's selling them good. And then, so he makes it to the church, and Tab is there. And Tab, they get into a struggle. This is, by the way, the church uh, that Father Paul was at. Right. Some fucking innocent bystanders, because it's packed with people. They get shot, because Tab's a horrible shot. He just hits people. Right, and Tab walks in at first, and he's trying to hide his gun, but then he's like, yeah, fuck this. They're poor. Right. And yeah, yeah. And then uh, there's a struggle. Uh, it so, just so happens to be a fucking butcher knife laying out there. One kid had, like, a fucking <laughs> rusted-ass, like, notchy-ass fucking uh, butcher knife. And he just stabs Tab right in the heart. He's just fucking... It was tough, yeah. Right, and then he's all like, he's got blood running on his nose, he's all disheveled. Hatcher finally shows up with the cops. They talk to him, and this this is where we we fuck. This is the twist ending. This is the Twilight Zone ending. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, he's like, what's going on with you, Thorns? No time. You have to tell them. I've got proof. The ocean is dying. There is no plankton. Soylent Green. It's people. People! Okay, here's the thing. Is this so wrong? I cannibalism when you're there's starvation and and you look at it this way: the people who are dying are willingly dying. Yeah, we're st- we have millions of people to feed. Is this really such a bad way to feed the people by feeding them people? Instead of just letting this meat go to waste, I don't, the craziest thing is how do you turn people into crackers? That's what I don't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want to know. But, I want the how it's made people into. I mean, now drink. the and I, I mean, and then I think where where Thorn goes, and I think he's right because, like you said, we're just getting more depraved in this society. He's like, it's going to turn into farming people eventually. Right. Now, that I have would have an issue with. I agree with that. But I honestly do not have a problem with using dead bodies. To make a fucking meal to fucking feed starving people. I don't I don't think it's that big a deal. I wouldn't want to eat people. Yeah. But if I'm starving, I'd have no choice. Right. No, I I, I again this movie is so fucking good for, you know, conversations like this. And they're interesting topics and you don't know where you're gonna end up after a conversation on them. I don't think it was that crazy. Which is why I hate the movie Snowpiercer. Not that they went to cannibalism, but the fact that they were like, oh, my God, you're eating bugs. I was like, I don't give a shit. Who the fuck cares? If you're condensing some kind of material that the people can consume and live on and they want to live, who the fuck cares? If you're in this world where there is no food and... I mean, the, people- only, the only issue, the moral issue I have is, is that poor people have to eat other poor people. Like, yes. the rich still get food. Yes, so that I have an issue with. Like, if everybody had to eat soil and green, I'd be like, I don't, fine, I guess. You right. Know. I agree 100%. On a sinking ship, of course, it's like, I want to survive. Fuck it. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't right. I mean, if we were like, we, like, like the movie Alive, where the plane crashed, the plane crashed, which is based on a real story. Okay. Crashed in the Alps. So okay. they were, like, stuck up there. And then people died. And then they had to eat these people okay if we were on a plane and i crash and i'm dying i would have no issue with you eating yeah. my flesh because it's like 
why 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 go starve to death? I'm no, dead. I think I think I would have the cognitive ability to tell people like, hey, if I die, go ahead and eat me. Yeah. Like, who the fuck? I I, I personally would not fucking care if I was dead. I'd just be like fuck it. If you guys are have any chance to make it out, yeah, fucking eat me. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like I, I it's I, like I, the Oregon Trail. Call back. <laughs> I like Oregon Trail or. Oregon Trail, the trail of your organs <laughs> oh, being consumed. Oh, I like that. So, inter- I never thought about it that way. Uh, but no, I, I have no problem spins. with the idea. But no, you're right. The classism of the whole thing, right. of poor people eat hum- other humans, uh, the human farming, of course, also, like, I still kind of feel weird about, like, animal farming is getting kind of weird for me now. What's well, always so, I mean, yeah. yeah, we're all hypocrites. I mean, right. So, I, I eat less meat. I eat especially less meat from like fast food places that more often contribute to horrible farms and all that bullshit. But yeah, the whole, and like human farming, that's even crazier. So there, but no, if it's just like, Hey, we're in this really weird world where we need to recycle everything and even humans. Yeah. Yeah. That's the world. And sadly, we're probably headed toward that. Yeah. But on a brighter note, what's so what a way to end the Charlton Heston Apocalypse trilogy. That was fucking good. I love like we often watch movies and go look at Griffmas in July. We watched like four mm. movies that we did not really care for. <laughs> and this month we watched three months, uh, three weeks, three movies so far that I fucking love. Griff, it doesn't end. Because I just realized we have one more Wednesday in August. So we're going to do one more 70s dystopian future yes. movie. And it's very poignant because it stars a, a, a tough, an old school tough guy actor we just lost a couple months ago. I'm talking about James Caan. And I'm talking about the movie Rollerball. Ooh. It's the newest. It's 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 got a very interesting thing. It's it's very of our time, too. It takes place in the far off future of 2018. But it's very of our time because it's all about corporations owning countries instead of people. Isn't this fucking crazy? Yes. Isn't it is. this fucking crazy that they were predicting this so well? And again, it's just taking something that existed already and expounding on it. And that's where we're at right now. It's it's depressing is what it is. Because it is. this is fifty years ago it's, and it's coming true. This was supposed to be like outrageous shit fifty in, years ago. In worlds where like local T V was still a thing, they're able to say, Oh my God, these fucking companies are soon enough gonna be doing this type and maybe soon doesn't feel that soon over fifty years, but fuck it. I hate this world that we live in. I hate going to every fucking other state in the country and seeing the exact same suburb that I live in. Well, that's the world. The it's whole obnoxious world is shit. About it. It's obnoxious. And it's only going to get worse. It is. But what's going to get better? This show. So expect Rollerball. And I'm. there's possibly going to be a tippy tap coming up Sunday. I'm talking to somebody. He can hmm. be a little difficult, but he's a great guest. <laughs> so look for that, possibly. And we'll see you next week for Rollerball. Keep it warm.